everybody. Episode 57 of Four Score the Podcast. Andrew May alongside Rob Jufre and a special guest as always, our good friend Tommy Lochran. We've been gassing him up for weeks. NFL draft coming up on Thursday evening, the best time of the year. And Tommy is an expert in every sense of the word. He has his comprehensive mock draft. We're going to break it down all the way through tonight. He's got his big board full of the top 25 prospects. He's still working on everything. So, Tommy, pleasure to have you on. You ready to roll? Because we're putting you on the spot tonight. You better be ready to roll. Listen, Merry Christmas, fellas. It's Christmas week in April. It's the greatest time of the year. Best best thing in the world, the draft. I love it. I'm excited. You guys, you put a lot of pressure on me, but I'm ready to go. We'll see what happens. You know what's oh, so put, strange? We put pressure on you because we know you can handle it. Right. We're yeah, not going to throw you anything that we don't know what you can handle. We're holding you up to high expectations because we believe in you. You know, I'm the weirdest thing for, for me about the draft this year is – Remember how enjoyable the draft was last year because of COVID, there was no sports going on. And that was like the first like live sporting event and everyone was so right. excited for it this mm-hmm. year, like sports are back and everything, but I think I'm more excited for the draft this year than I was last year. And I think it's just because of all the intrigue and all the questions surrounding the draft. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm probably as pumped up for this draft as I have been for any draft in the past eight to 10 years. This, this could be the wildest draft in, in decade in a decade, at yeah, least. It's intriguing. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't know what's going I mean, you know the first three picks, but once it gets to four, and then then you, I, I couldn't I, – I had so much trouble making the mock, even for, just for the first round. It's just there's so many different questions that could happen. So many teams look could be moving up. You're hearing different things everywhere. I mean, it's just going to be – and then watch. It'll, there'll be no trades. Like, everyone's expecting five, seven <laughs> trades in the first round. But I mean, listen, the draft is the best thing. I always say it, best reality TV there is. You know, it's just, it's everyone loves it. It gets better ratings than baseball playoff games, baseball World Series games, NBA playoff games. The only thing that doesn't beat, it doesn't beat is NFL games or playoff games. It beats everything else. Yeah. Right. Well, they loved was, it. People love it. They were saying that teams were pissed off at the Niners because the Niners gave up a hole to move up to three. And now any other team looking to move up, you know, maybe like into a Falcon spot, might have to pay that same sort of price that the Niners had to pay. So, you know, yeah, let's listen, see what happens. But look, if you want you're somebody the top to do three. what you got to do. You're moving the top three, top four. You're going to give up a hole. That's just yeah. how it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's the rules of engagement. You know exactly what you're getting. I mean, there's high-level players that high in the draft. So you're going to have to give up some assets. You're not going to get anything for free. Now, Rob, obviously, because it was your birthday yesterday, and I gave you a big oh, yeah. birthday shout-out on Twitter. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, Rob. Thank you, boys. So, you know, it's only appropriate that I throw in a little dig. So, obviously, you've been around and you've seen so many NFL drafts in all your years of living on this planet. So, where does this one rank as far as your excitement level? Because you've seen them all. I I tell you, I've seen a lot. And let's not forget, today is 40 years to the day that the Giants drafted the greatest linebacker in NFL history in Lawrence Taylor. 40 years to the day. Amazing. Wait a minute. So, sweat so when, when you when when Troy Aikman said that Aaron Donald was the best defensive player, I take it you didn't agree with that, did you? Aaron Aaron Donald did not did not change the game the way the way Lawrence Taylor did. Never, ever, ever, never. Not even close. Never. Great he, player. He, but not, he's not he literally Sorry. changed the course of games. Changed the course of the linebacking positions. Uh, linebacking position. I, I mean, it's just he was absolutely dominant and Aaron Donald's a great player in his own right and you know not comparing the two because look one's a defensive lineman the other guy's a linebacker but you know 
Taylor was right. the fear who, who, of who did Be- quarterbacks. Who did Belichick laugh at when they they mentioned? Remember they mentioned someone as good. As, they said he was in a press conference. They mentioned that this guy was as good as Taylor, and Belichick just laughed at him. I forget. I don't know if it was Donald or somebody else, but it's yeah, a couple no, of years listen, ago. Belichick, Bel- Belichick just years. Belichick laughed he, at the. Belichick he knew what he seen. I mean, what what Taylor did yeah. was. You know, it was insane. And so 40 years to the day that Lawrence Taylor was drafted by the, by the New York Giants, 1981. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to switch up the format a little bit tonight. Usually we'll get into a bunch of different things. We'll go with fan questions at the end. But since this show is specifically for the NFL draft, we're going to kind of roll with the questions as we go through Tommy's mock. So if you had a question about the Giants, we will address it when we get to the Giants at pick number 11. If you had a question about the Jets, we'll get to it at pick number two. We're going to go in that direction. We do have one non-football related question. So we're going to get right into that right off the bat. We're going to spend the first couple minutes talking about baseball because I think this warrants a discussion because the performance that Jacob deGrom put on display last Friday night was just impeccable. It was one for the ages. Now um, I've given a shout out to the other podcast that I host on this podcast before um, it's mayhem. And I said on Sunday night that what DeGrom did on Friday night is kind of opened my eyes and made me look at him through an entirely different lens. Now Uh, it's almost to a point where not that I care less what the result of the game is because I'm a diehard Mets fan, but I think that's like a secondary concern of mine. I think my main concern going into a DeGrom start is just being appreciative that I'm able to watch him pitch because guys that have a level of dominance and a consistent level of dominance that DeGrom has shown you over the past couple of years, I mean, they rarely come around if they ever come around. So the first question I want to get to is from a good friend of the show, Ryan Briscoe. He sent this in earlier in the week and he said, DeGrom is like a fine wine. He just gets better with age. The three of us all grew up in different times, so I'm curious of both your perspectives. And he's talking about, obviously, the age difference between me, him, and Rob. Um, he said, for me, the best pitchers that I grew up watching were Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, and Pedro Martinez. And I could be wrong, but I don't remember any of these guys going out and doing what DeGrom has done so far. So this question is more so for Rob and your many, many years of watching baseball. See, it's not just me that's giving you digs on the age, Rob. Everybody's starting <laughs> to catch on and get on the trend. Yeah, I, I, and he emphasized, uh, he uh, he capitalized many. He capitalized the second In many. brackets. Yes. <laughs> in, in your many, many years of watching baseball, have you ever seen a pitcher as dominant as the Grom has been thus far? Well, look, first of all, you know, he's got guys like Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez. Believe me, they did what the Grom did and more. Let me just say, so, let me, how, how old is Ryan Briscoe? I believe he's... He must have- 30 might have just yeah, turned he must, 31 he, he must have been very young when pedro martinez pitched because pedro martinez was unhittable like, i mean absolutely so, unhittable so what yeah what what those guys have done the grom has not achieved yet believe me as good as the grom is and to compare guys from different eras i never like doing that because every era is 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 its own self so, you know, you had guys, I can go back to Tom Seaver, Steve Carlton, Gibson, guys that I seen pitch, you know, and yeah, of course I'm dating myself, but you know, when you seen those guys pitch, it was a four man rotation. They were pitching 300 innings, <laughs> Nolan Ryan, 300 innings. I mean, there was no such thing as a relief pitcher. A manager came out to take one of those starters out. They would basically tell the manager, screw off, go back in a dugout. Ain't nobody coming in for this game. You know, I'm finishing this game. These guys were having 20, 25 complete games, you know, a season. So 300 innings, 
Uh, guys like uh, Randy Johnson, Maddox, Pedro Martinez, Clemens, who Ryan mentions in his emails, were all dominant forces. And honestly, they've done a hell of a lot more than what DeGrom has done so far. You know, we're all getting swept up away uh, away in the whole DeGrom thing. And believe me, I'm, I'm a huge DeGrom fan. I love the Mets, but let's, let's, let's keep it into reality here. DeGrom has not done what these guys have done because, you know, these guys – they completed games. They finished games. They were throwing 130, 130, 140 pitches a game, which DeGrom does not do. So, you know, we got to put it in perspective. Let's say that DeGrom is the best pitcher in the last five years. We could leave it at that for sure. But to start comparing them from the guys in the yesteryears, even the great Maddoxes of the world and stuff, listen, you, you don't compare them to those guys these guys, those guys were a different breed. So is it, think- is it just mostly a longevity thing with you? Like if DeGrom is able to keep this level of dominance, hypothetically speaking, for the next five years, then do you think it's okay to it's, put him in it's, a It's not. It's on a game-to-game basis, Andrew. These guys were throwing. They, these guys were having – look up their numbers. They were getting 20, 25 complete games a season. Clemens, they, they Clemens, were, won, Clemens won seven Cy Youngs. I mean, yeah, I, they, listen, DeGrom, DeGrom has a chance to win maybe four or five, but I mean – Seven Maddox, three in a row. Pedro, how many he won? I mean, these guys. You can, I listen. I, I agree with Rob. Degrom is unbelievable. He's the best pitcher in baseball. He's an absolute pleasure to watch every five days. There's nobody that even comes close to him. I don't think right now in the league. And but you can't. It's hard to compare. And the, the and he's not. He, he's not those guys. Sorry, like the, those he's guys. Not. Insane. He's not insane. It's he's a different game, though. It's not. It's not Degrom's fault that they take him out in the sixth inning every freaking five, five, five days. You know what I mean? No, but, it's, it's not. But that's the reason why you can't compare him to the guys in the right. rest of the years. That's the reason. Game. It's not. It's not a longevity thing, Andrew. I understand what you're trying to say there, but it's not a longevity thing. It's on. It's just basically on a on a game to game, season to season basis. You look at the numbers some of those guys put up, and, and it's 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 another. It's in another stratosphere, a stratosphere compared to what what Degrom is doing right now. It just is because again, those were four man rotations a lot of the times. Those were guys throwing three hundred innings a year. You know, Degrom's not even close to that, and he never will be because let's face it, these guys are babied. Ain't nobody gonna go out. You know, Degrom now throws. You look at him; it's a hundred pitches by the seventh inning, and you're looking for the manager to come out to take him out, and these guys are coming out. Well, we, Rob, we were we were together on Friday night when that game yes. was going on. He was at 97 pitchers through eight innings, and we were concerned that Rojas wasn't going to let him go. Right. Of course, because that's just the way the game has yeah. ha- has 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 evolved over the last couple. So, of years. judging by your reaction to that question, I'm going to ask another question. But I, I think I already know the answer to this. I've heard a lot of people, particularly on social media, the conversations come up on talk radio, and it's more so brought up by callers with the hosts kind of disagreeing. So I think I know where both of you guys are going to stand on this. But so if you're not going to compare him to guys like Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox, and he's not at that level yet, then I take it that you do not think he's on Tom Seaver's level as far as Mets pitchers are concerned. Oh, no, no, no. Again, Andrew, no. We're, going, we're going back to an People. era with four men starting rotations. We're going back to an era where Seaver was throwing every third or fourth day, 300 innings. I mean, you know, you, you, you just can't compare them. He's not on the level oh. of Tom Seaver. He's just... It's, it's not. No, it's e- it's not even. It's close. easy. It's easy to compare that as a Met fan because he's Seaver was the guy. He is the guy. He's the greatest pitcher, greatest player in the in the in the history of the Mets. But 
you, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's totally different. What and I, I think a lot of it has to do with they're, they're coddling these players because they make all this money. Plus, in the sixties and seventies, I'm telling you right now, Bob Gibson in the seventies and this the sixties seventies, Carlton Seaver, they all had tears in their arm, but there was no technology back then to diagnose that. They so these guys were throwing. They pitched through it. That doesn't happen anymore in this in the, this day and age. There was so no that, weight training back then, and no, and you know what? That's that's part of the problem too. You look so, at Noah Syndergaard a couple of years ago, tore his lat. Why? Because he he tried to bulk up and get muscle. These pitches, you don't need to bulk up. Just have flexibility. That's it. You know, Steve Carlton after a game. You know what he used to do? He used to take his elbow and put it in a rice bowl and swirl yeah, it around. Nolan Ryan rice. too. No, Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Ryan did it too. I mean, these guys. These guys. I mean, look. You can't compare to Grom again, and it's not to knock the Grom. He's the best pitcher in the last five years, no doubt. I don't even want to hear Garrett Cole. I don't want to hear any of these other guys. No. Scherz has Different been terrific. Animals. Scherz has been terrific, too. The Grom is terrific, even on a, on his worst day. But I'm going to give you a hot take right here. So before we get Wait, into let, the football – before you do that, let me just say one thing. You're talking about all, how different these guys are. Roger Clemens, let me tell you what he used to do. He used to have his trainer, probably McNamee when it was McNamee back then, put Icy Hot on his balls before a game. To, and he would snort and fucking snot and all steam would be coming out of his nose to get him f- to get ready for a start. A start that's, yeah. what they, that's what these guys used to do. Different, so then I, different have, I, I have one last question, and I'm not saying – I'm not saying that I disagree with you because obviously I wasn't around in that era to see those guys pitch. I mean, I saw Randy Johnson towards the end when he was a Yankee, right? I saw Pedro Martinez towards the end when he was a Met. I didn't get to see any of Greg Maddox. So I can't necessarily agree or disagree with your guys' opinions. But are you guys saying that no matter what the ground does, he can't reach that level, although it might seem unfair. That's just the reality because the game has changed so much. Like, nothing against him personally. It's just he's unfairly in a bad era where pitchers are not going to be held to the same standard as older guys. Listen, he's exactly, on his exa- way. That's, he's, exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. When, when you're in He's on era, his way, though. He, he's on his way, but he's not. He's, he, he's not never going to reach that level. Not, you can't. It's impossible. Nobody's going to have more games started in a row than Cal Ripken. Nobody's going to hit – uh, you know, Cy Young's 511 wins. Nobody's hit, catching Hank Aaron. You might never see another 3,000 hit guy. You, well, maybe 3,000 hit, but you'll never see another 300 win guy. You're not going to see it because yeah. it's just a different game. You might, you won't even see a 200 win guy. It's not happening. You're, 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 and now here we not. go. Before we move on to the football, here's a, a last question. I know we lumped all of those older guys together, but I want a definitive answer from both of you. Tommy, you start. Well, I, wait, the... I jumped on. I jumped on Rob. What was your hot? I don't want to screw up his hot. Oh, take. right, right, right. Give it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was Sorry. that? I, we cut you off. Sorry. Sorry. Well, the hot. The hot take is tomorrow. If you're a betting guy tomorrow, I'm telling you right now, and I hate to say it, bet against Degrom. I'm telling you right now, he's going to struggle tomorrow against the Red Sox. Are you doing that to to, to use your reverse mush or not? I, I, I am not. I, I just get that feeling. The Red Sox offense has been hot as a bastard the last couple of weeks. It's a tough lineup. You know, he look, he went through that Washington lineup, and they really had nothing in that lineup. There was no Juan Soto there. The only guy that they had representing them there. I mean, Cashel's a good, good hit. He's a good hit at Cashel. Trey Turner, obviously, who's gotten off to a bad start. But I'm telling you, he might struggle against the Red Sox. And I don't mean struggle where he's going to give up eight runs. I mean struggle three, four runs where you're going to say, oh, the Grom doesn't have it tonight. It, it just – be careful of that tomorrow night. So if you're a you're betting gonna... person, and I could have egg in my face, and I'll eat it. If that's the case, I'll eat it. I, I just hope get a... you do. 
I just get a funny feeling. I just get that feeling. I don't know you'll what get, it is. You'll get Boston at almost two to one, probably plus one eighty, plus one seventy five. No Good doubt. Value. No doubt. Uh, yeah. uh, no doubt. So, what's your last question? Let's get into this NFL. Let's just. Let's... Yes, my last question was going to be. I want a definitive answer from both of you guys, just one person, because we lumped all these guys together. Tommy, you start. Who was single-handedly the most dominant pitcher that you watched growing up? Oh man, ah, uh, oof. I'm going to say Pedro. I remember the Yankees had the great Yankee teams in the 90s, 96 to 2001. They still would never hit Pedro. Like 99 when he struck out 17. Actually, Chili Davis hit a home run that game. He struck out 17. You just Anytime Pedro was on the mound, you're like, oh, man. And then, you know, eventually he got older and the Yankees started to hit him a little bit in 2000, you know, the 2000, early 2000s. But I gotta, say, I gotta say the Pedro. I mean, I, it's so hard. Pedro, Randy Johnson, See, Schilling, or Maddox. It's that goes Clemens. to that it's goes unreal. to show the age difference because when I think of Pedro, I you wasn't old enough Pedro. to see him in his dominance. I'm talking, yeah, 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 right. Pedro. Mets, I'm thinking Phillies, about Pedro Phillies, when he said Phillies, right? the Yankees are my dad. Yeah, they're my dad. Yeah. Like, I don't six, remember his level yeah. of dominance against the Yankees in the early portion of his career. Well, don't forget, so, like, Pedro started with the Montreal Expos. Let's not forget that. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I have. Far, uh, I, I just. I just got a seventy-nine overall Pedro Martinez Expos in MLB The Show. I know that's <laughs> you like that. Too. And for me, and for me, I can't. I, I can't. I can't answer that question. I've seen too many dominant pitches, and to pinpoint just one would not be, not be doing it any justice. So I. Oh, what I, a, yeah, 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 yeah. What a cop out. You can't answer that that's, question. That's bogus. No, it's not no, bogus. <laughs> I can't. I've seen too I'm many sorry. dominant guys. Listen, Here's this is I'll a big say. show tonight. You're supposed to have your thinking cap on. Yeah, it's not. I got. I I can name 15 different guys. It yeah, wouldn't be so the many. same. It, there's too many. There's too many dominant pitches that I'll consider dominant to lump yeah, them. I, all, you know, it, to to pick out one of them is is impossible. Gun to my head, if I needed, but I'll say that Pedro, most dominant pitcher probably I've ever. But Clemens was unreal. But now you get the, the steroid taint on him. If I had a gun to my head and I needed to win one playoff game, I would take Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, talk about, yeah, look what he yeah. done in the playoffs. Yeah. So, all right, let's move off of this because we got to get into the football. we got a lot to cover here. So we want to get into this NFL draft. Tommy's got his comprehensive draft guide and mock draft here. It's unreal. And I'm telling you right now, it's, it's worth it to have on draft night. He put a lot of time and effort. Look, he's not he's not at pro days or anything like that, but he puts a lot of time no. and effort in. And the way he sets things up, it's it's unreal. I can only imagine what he does day in and day out preparing for this. But he's gave he gave us a little glimpse into it. So look, if anybody wants it, we we put it out there on Twitter. We have it on our email and everything. If you want a copy, it's worth it to have for the Thursday night draft. Like Tommy said, it's it's Christmas Day all over again for all us NFL fans that love the NFL draft. So again, you can get a copy from us at fourscorethepodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send it to you. And let me tell you something, it's detailed. It's This is not just throwing a name next to a team. You know, he basically has paragraphs written for each team as to why they are taking that particular player. So look, again, I, I can't tout it enough, and I'm not just saying that because He's a good friend of mine and Andrews. He's a dear friend of ours, but I'm saying that because it's worth it. This is worth it. Trust me when I tell you that. So, Rob, all right, so Rob, that, let me do. Let me just sit that. I appreciate that. That's all. It's great to hear. I love doing it. It's a labor. It's a labor of love. I'm not getting paid by anybody yet. Hopefully, maybe somebody. You know, somebody finally hears it. One all day. it takes is but one person. If, if what, someone, if someone was takes, smart. Listen, yeah, but listen. 
I, a couple a long time ago, because people don't, some of these executives don't like Mel Kuyper. They, he rubs them the wrong way. I, I think Kuyper's the greatest. He's first, he's the reason the draft is so big. He's the godfather of draft. He can do no wrong in my eyes. They called him an information gatherer. Now, and they were saying it in an insulting way, but I, I, when I hear information gatherer, that's what I am in this thing. I don't have any sources really. I'm taking all the info I read on and, and look at in the tape and I'm, I'm, that's what you're doing. You're building information. There's no, there's 10 ways to skin a cat. You know, you, listen, you could talk, there's probably people that talk to scouts and everyone and, and, and the GMs all every day. And I, and I, my mock is more accurate than theirs. It's just, there's other, there's ways to do it, you know, and I really, I enjoy doing it. And I hope your listeners like it right now. It's still, I'm still tinkering with it. It'll be ready tomorrow when, when the podcast. All right, well, listen, let's stop talking out. about so, Let's stop talking sorry, about it and sorry. let's get into it right now. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here we go. Let's do it. Round one. First pick Jacksonville Jaguars. There's nothing really to discuss. We've known that Lawrence is going no. first overall. I'll just ask one question to you, Tommy. Yep. What do you think the bust potential is of Lawrence, if any? Uh, well, I, on the, on my big board, I put, I'm trying for quarterbacks. I try to give you like, three levels of my comparison because you got like the, the, the high ceiling then the middle and then the bottom with it, you know, he's a the bus potential. I really don't think there's a bus potential worst case scenario. I'd say drew Bledsoe. That's a hell of a career. Drew Bledsoe is a real good quarterback. Top of the top of the ceiling is either Elway or, you know, luck, but luck, listen, luck. I compared it. And I compared him in the mock in 2012. I compared luck to Bledsoe, because I was worried what happened to him would happen. He got the shit kicked out of him because he didn't have an offensive line. I look at the the, the Jags' offensive line, and it's not that bad. They, they need to build on it, but it's not terrible like the Colts was back then. I think Lawrence could be as good. He's Mel Kuyper says he's the fourth best, like, four, I think third or fourth best graded quarterback of all time. And the only two ahead of him, I think, is Elway and Manning. I think he's right there. He's going to be right there. He's that good. He really and he's got is. Some, he's got some built-in weapons there right now with DJ yeah. Chalk oh, and Vizca Chenault and James Robinson, the undrafted uh, free agent running back. So he's he can step into a situation where he's, and they got, he's not listen, depleted they got, they got of, of Jones offensive too. Uh, talent. So They got Marvin Jones. They got, the only, the only Marvin skill Jones position they, they really – free agency, yes. They're weak at tight end, but they got – the running backs are decent. They got Carlos Hyde they picked up. Armstead, he was all screwed up last year with the injuries and COVID. James Robinson, though, burst on the scene undrafted. Great, Probably the best undrafted running back rookie of all time. And then I liked Jones Shark. Dorsett's not bad. Chenault, the rookie. They add one more and maybe in the mid – maybe day two tomorrow. Uh, all right, so tomorrow, let's, let's, let's get through the Jaguars. And, and, you know, we'll see. Let's get through the Jaguars. We're going to get into the Jets here. Hometown team. Hometown team who obviously you and everybody else in, in the NFL have them taking Zach Wilson. It'll be no shock um, um, that the Jets, no. when they step up to the podium, is going to take Zach Wilson. So Here's the tricky part here, though, Tommy, because you say that Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, you don't think there's any bust potential, but you are actually lower on Zach Wilson than a lot of other people are, and you think that there's humongous bust potential. Now, you obviously watch yes. a lot more of the I'm tape not on Zach Wilson. You obviously watch a lot more of the tape than we do. The common complaint is that he had a cupcake schedule at BYU, and so he didn't face any yep. real competition, real NFL talent on the defensive side of the ball lining up against him. What is it about the tape that doesn't make you feel comfortable that he could take his game well, to the next level? One, one thing real fast, one thing Tommy does put in here in his analysis 
if he was a GM, he would possibly take five other quarterbacks before Wilson, which is an indictment on Zach Wilson, according to Tommy. It's not, I'll tell you that it's not an indictment. It's really not an indictment on Wilson. It's I just think for it's an indictment on where he played. And I I think he's going to be a bust because I, the jets don't, I'm not going to surround. It's going to be the same thing. I think it's a lateral move. The same thing that Donald had to go through. He has no, I mean, they're talking about these throws he makes. I've seen Sam Donald make the same throws. In games, okay, so, in the so who, are, who are you personally higher stinks. on coming into the draft? Who are you personally higher on, Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold? I, I think that I have them both the same. I was not impressed with either of them. I think yeah. I so quick the same, similar quick traits where, yeah. Tommy, quick question: yeah. If Zach Wilson were to be drafted by the 49ers, would you feel better better about dra- uh, Zach Wilson going to the 49ers? A little, a little better, a little better. I still don't think. I still, I think he's. I, I don't. I. I just don't think he's played anybody. I think the same problem with Lance. You don't know what he's. You know, he he played one good team last year, and he played horrible. Coastal Carolina beat the snot out of him for sixty minutes. I watched the whole game. I had Coastal Carolina money line in that game. I loved it. I, I just don't. I'm not impressed with the guy. I, I've seen BYU quarterbacks. The only good one ever is Steve. Is Steve, Steve Young. Young because he was going to be <laughs> good anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Probably right, well, talked about Detmer, this. Like enough. We talked about this, Rob, and it's interesting because, yeah, the Jets kind of needed to rid themselves of Sam Darnold because that whole experiment just did not go smoothly whatsoever. But at you the know end what? They day, didn't have you to have to be they in love with Wilson that. to take him. You have to be in love with them they to take him. They did not have to get mm-hmm. rid of Darnold. They made a mistake. They could have drafted Panay Sewell at two. He's worth it. Trust me. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Or they could have traded back to five or six. For, they could have they could have traded with the Niners if they wanted to, or or traded with the the Dolphins or the Eagles. One of them, get involved in that trade that they made and get to six and still get Sewell. Now you got Sewell and Becton. That's the best LT right RT combo in the league. Yeah, but the problem the there is that you were just years. and the they only didn't, issue they didn't is do. that you'd be delaying the inevitable because Donald was never going to last here. Now I agree, you have to be absolutely over the moon enamored with Zach Wilson to take him with the number 2 pick and if you're not, then I agree, you take someone like Sewell, but Maybe I, mean, I think are. we can all agree Sam Donald was not lasting here. I mean, if he you just would have delayed it for another year and then he would have been out of town next year. Simple. There was maybe, no way that he was maybe lasting. Maybe unless the Jets built around him. It, probably not. I don't think he would have either. But I think it's. I think they're doing the same exact thing with Wilson. Wilson's no better than Sam Donald. He's not. Well, we I, have I an, could be totally wrong. But we have another saying? quarterback that you're very, very high on, going third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. and we also have a question, a fan question from a good buddy of yours, listener to the show, Nunzio Gambino, nicknamed Ned. I'll never forget that. And um, there he is. He he's <laughs> got a question that I'll get to after we discuss Mac Jones. So remind me if I start going off track a little okay. bit, reel me back in and stay with the 49ers so we can get to Nunzio's question. First of all, you have him taking Mac Jones. Now this has been a conversation that we've had on this podcast before moving up to three. You have to think that they're going to be taking the quarterback. You have Jones ranked as the second best quarterback on your big board. And if you've been listening to four score, the podcast since the very beginning, I mean, you all, you were all over Mac Jones, even when Tua was coming out of the draft last season. So, in your opinion, is he a guy that could step in right away? Is he a guy that maybe has to sit for a year? No, he could step in right away. I th- but it scares me that they haven't traded Garoppolo yet, which that's why you're hearing the uh, Trey Lance 
talk now. You know, it was Jones for a while, nobody else. Now it's Jones and Lance. I still think it's going to be Jones at the end. But I, I listen, I just think he's the most ready. I think Fields, if I was ranked, when I ranked them, Lawrence is one far and away. Two and 2A two is Mac Jones. 2A and 2B is Mac Jones and Fields. I think they're very, very close. I just think Jones is a little close, closer to being ready right now for a team. I think Fields is going to take maybe half a season, maybe a season. Um, I just love Jones' decision-making. Listen, I, everyone talks about him not moving in the pocket, and I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. I just think he has some kind – he has the decision-making capabilities of Brady, and, and that's very that – that goes a long way. If I had to compare him, I, I compare him on the big board to, um, I would say – a modern-day guy is Matt Ryan, and a guy back in the day that Rob and I love, Phil Sims. Accurate, the most accurate quarterback in the draft is Mac Jones. You could win a Super Bowl with him. You won. The Giants would have won a Super Bowl with Sims in '90. They won one in '86, and he was unreal. Most accurate quarterback performance in Super Bowl history. They were on their way to winning a Super Bowl in 90 before he got. Okay, hurt. but a quick, quick question on Mac so, Jones, though. Quick question. Sims, you is, could win. You could win a super. You could win a Super Bowl next year with Mac Jones with the Niners roster. That's okay, with saying. with their roster, but is Mac Jones a type of quarterback that can yes. take a depleted roster or an injury ravaged type of roster, put them on their back, and still lead them to victories? I'm not saying a Super Bowl, but could he? I don't. Still ca- I don't. I don't care. If, I don't. I, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. The Niners are going to draft him. The Niners have the best roster in the NFL. Right no, now. no doubt. But I'm trying to say what talent are, are you loving Mac Jones because of the situation he's going to be in? Would you love Mac Jones that much still if he went to the Jets? If he sat a year, yeah. But he he's still ready to go. I wouldn't put I it listen, I, I it's in the mock. It's in it's in these descriptions. The system and the team where you go, a, a lot of times they make the player. You know? No doubt. No There's doubt, but the player himself, all the, talent, all the talent in the world, but the player himself as an Look individual, at, I, I want to know if Mac Jones could be the sort of guy that could take a, he bad hasn't team. shown me, he hasn't shown me anything that tells me he, he hasn't shown me anything that tells me he can't do it. Well, let's he face it. He came from Alabama. Numbers in Tua. He came well, from the, Alabama. The question, the question that Rob is asking know, is a legitimate played, one. Because he's, also playing the the, he's also playing the best competition in the He's playing the best competition in the country. He's right, not but playing he has, Zach Wilson playing me, you, and, and Andrew right. at cornerback. But he also hey, has hey, the best Hey, hey, hey don't, ins- don't insult me. Horn. Don't insult he's me. My flag football Ojalare. game is impeccable. No doubt. But he's also <laughs> on the best team, too. So Well, I no, just, but the, the question that Rob is asking is a legitimate one. Because I'm not I questioning think the pick. The, I'm not no, questioning no, not that you're questioning the pick. But here's, yeah. here's the thing. The, the 49ers right now, they have a roster that's ready to compete. So if Jones is able to step in, then kudos. They could compete. But there's only a certain amount of time that you're going to be able to that's keep the core of the roster intact. So moving forward, when some of these guys on the roster leave a free agency and get paid, and all of a sudden the 49ers do not have a complete roster from top to bottom, is he still the guy that you can be confident in lining up under center every Sunday and saying, hey, we might not have the most talented Listen. roster, but we got Mac Jones and we're going to ride him as far as we can go? Listen, I'm confident enough in Kyle Shanahan. I think he's one of the five best coaches in football, and he's a quarterback whisperer. He's he, he will he will and I and and Lynch is a very good GM. They will find a way to keep that roster moving and keeping Mac Jones safe. 
keeping okay. him up upright, whatever they have to do with the line and everything, and the talent. Listen, we can all say, oh, Montana, if he was on the Dolphins and Marino was on the Niners, okay, but that didn't happen. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my own. No, Mac no, Jones no, no. Is going to the Niners. He's no. going to be surrounded by the best talent. I think he's going to be the best quarterback. But you're, but you're missing. And Fields you're, is you're right missing, there, but I, but You're missing No, the point. I get the point. I get no, the no, point. No, 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 no. Because you, I totally you get loved, the point, but he's not going to a bad team. Right, but you loved Mac Jones from weeks ago where you said he was the I second. Did. Right, loved but, years ago. Right, but I if, liked him last year. Right, so if you loved him that much and it shouldn't matter what roster he's at, if you loved him that much and you think he's that very good, you think he's that good of a yes. quarterback with that high a ceiling, then he could go to the Jets and, and make them winners instead of having to worry about building a team around him a la probably Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? That's that's you've got to build a team around every quarterback. Not one. There's no quarterback in the in NFL history that can just do it on his own. Football is a team game. No so doubt. Tom but Brady there were certain, wasn't. There were certain quarterbacks that could take. There were certain quarterbacks that could put teams on their back and you know. Yeah, right, we've, so, had that, we've been having a conversation with Russell yeah, Wilson for a while now. Let's go it to the culminated in a championship. Let's go to I the. Get, I get it, but I never. I ne- listen. I never said Mac Jones was the be- greatest quarterback of all time. I said he's the second best quarterback in this draft, which people no don't doubt. think. They disagree with it. and But everyone gets crazy like, oh, Mac Jones can't play anywhere. He can play on any team in the NFL if he has the right pieces, just like every other quarterback there is in football. Okay, so That's let's it. move on to the Atlanta Falcons here. Oh, wait, have- wait. We got Nunzio's question. We got All right, Nunzio's I'm sorry. Question. Oh, yeah, sorry. What do, you, what do you think is the most important position that the 49ers need to draft besides quarterback? Uh, let's see. Well, let me see. Second round. I have them address it. I don't. I, I. I'm telling you, I don't see many needs. They have. They have so much talent on that team. But probably, I would say need a... they need another receiver. They need another receiver. They lost Kendrick Bourne. So right now they're depth chart. You got Debo Samuel and Ayuk. After that, it's very sketchy. You got Sanu, who's might be over the hill. Richard James, I'm not a fan. What about cornerback after losing Richard Sherman and you know, maybe another cornerback? Corner. They could get away with. They could get that. In the second or third, in the third round, I think they're going to take a, court, a wide receiver in the second round. I like Jason Verrett. Williams is good. Mosley. Then it gets a little again sketchy. They still got three guys. They're going to get. They're going to have to get some depth. But I, if I had to do take someone immediately in the second round to help them right away, it's got to be one of these receivers. And I okay, got one and, for the second round. All right. So read, Andrew, read part two to the question. So part two is: I know Josh Rosen has done nothing with the Dolphins and Cardinals with no talent around them, but where would you rank him with the quarterbacks coming out of this year's draft? Oof, I, I that's, not, that's not a fair question for me to answer because I hated Josh Rosen all along. I think uh, I, the, I, be any good. I was never a fan of Josh, Josh Rosen. Um, again, he was put in a terrible situation and he was never allowed to succeed. He's been moved. I think his confidence is completely shot. I don't think you'll ever see him as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he'll be a bounce around as a backup. Because Nuncio think- is asking if you would think that he would succeed in a Shanahan run front office. All right. You know what, Tommy? Here, put it this way. In the, with the top, would he be one of the top five quarterbacks in this class no. this year? Yeah, I put him, be- I put him behind uh, the top three. Plus, I put him behind Lance. I put him behind Davis Mills. I'd put him behind Kellen. He'd probably be 10th. I just don't think right. he's that good. All right, so let's move on from that. And he also says, can you tell Chris Marini, who is also a big fan of your show, that Joe Montana is a better quarterback than Dan Marino? That would be great. See, there well, you go. That's, that's, all that's they, an argument. That's an argument, about. that's an argument for another day, which we're not going to. I've been hearing that <laughs> argument since I'm 10 years old. We're, we're not going to. No need to get into that. Put it this way. They're both great quarterbacks. All right, we can go on there. So, all right, see, so you, you, you have Kyle Pitts. 
going to the Falcons and everybody has Kyle Pitts going there. It does make sense to a certain degree. I want to ask you one question though, Tommy, if the opportunity comes up for the Falcons to trade back, somebody wants to trade up, say, let's say Denver. Yeah. All right. And, and do the foul with the Falcons do something like that and pass on Pitts. They could. I mean, I'm here. I've, what I, from what I've read, like reliable sources say this, they're set on pits. But listen, if anyone, if someone comes in with a hole, you can't pass it up. I, it's a, it's the, it's the top prime time catbird seat. The number one prime time trade spot after three is is four because that's where the whole draft begins. Like they, they could get a hole, they could, and then move back, and they won't get pits, but they'll get some. You know, they'll build their team around. They have to, but they have to get something now because. They're stuck with Matt Ryan for the next two, three years because of the cap situation. They're going to have to trade Julio Jones, but they can't trade him on Thursday this weekend because the cap hit is too big. They got to wait till after June 1st. So what are you going to do? If they get Kyle Pitts, that team is back in business on offense. I mean, I like the pickup of Mike Davis. They still got to address running back. They need another one. Definitely need another one in the second round or at least on day two. The wide receivers, Jones Ridley. I like Cadell Patterson is tremendous return man gauge is pretty good i like the kids zacchaeus they have they have depth there they need good pits there all right well put it put it this way big offense i put it this way what are the the odds that i'm drafting a quarterback there what are the odds that i'm getting uh drafting justin fields the falcons yeah i think it i think it would be the opposite of fields it would be lance because they're stuck with ryan with the cap situation they need all right right, just the quarterback lance fields whatever What's the what's the odds that I, I may be drafting a quarterback there? It's listen, it could happen. It could happen. I I think it would if I if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say 70 30 pits and uh you know 30% for the quarterback. But it, like Andrew said, it would I think it would be Lance because Ryan's playing the next three or four years. He is. He's only 30, what is he, 33, 34, 34, 35? Yeah, he I mean, wants to play. He wants to play till he's almost 40, he said. But uh, so. but are you winning are you winning a Super Bowl in the next two years with Matt Ryan? That's the problem. They almost did a few years ago. They right, had but won. almost. And then after that, it's been downhill since then. It's really. been downhill, but now you got yeah. a new coach in there. Smith is good. He loves two – plus, he loves two tight end sets. He did it in ta- in uh, Tennessee. Arthur Smith, first, yeah. Or, yeah. So, I think that's another reason Pitts is going to – because now you got him and Hunter Henry. That's that – you put that – up. that's a nice little look there, the 12 offense with two tight ends. Um, and then you got a good blocking tight end in Lee Smith. I, I think it's going to be Pitts. But if it was a quarterback, I'd say Lance – they could trade back and so many things. That's why this draft is so intriguing because this yeah, spot they is hold where the keys to the whole. Oh, draft. That's what really I said. Begins. This is the spot where it begins. Yeah. Exactly, I agree. All right, so now we're going on to the Bengals, and I get a funny feeling we're going to get into a little argument over here because I got already got into a text argument with my friend Chad earlier about this. You got him taking Penny Sewell, oh and I heard you. I heard you mention before Hall yeah. of Fame, and you need to be careful with that. And that was my point to my friend Chad because no, I don't. As much as much as I see, as much as I need seen, to theoretically, he doesn't need to do it. No. <laughs> but as much as but as much as I've seen articles where they're comparing him to some of the greats, which to me is ridiculous because as we know, Sewell opted out this last year, basically only played a year and a half at Oregon because his first season he had missed eight games with the ankle injury, played 2019, opted out 2020. Why are you saying he could be a Hall of Famer? I have I have Brian Baldinger saying that he might be the most disappointing tackle he's seen. Potential, yes, no doubt. But against some of the better players, he pretty much got pushed around. Give us your opinion on Sewell. 
Did he get pushed around? Does Brian Boldinger realize that he gave up one sack in his in his college career? Does he know that? Does he know that? Well, fact? he 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 was he saying that it was on. Sack and, he, and it was a he was knocked sack. on the ground way too many times. He said, and especially against Derek Brown. Look, you you're gonna have you, you know we have to be careful when we start anointing guys before they get to the NFL by using Hall of Fame, uh, Willie Rofe, uh, uh, Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace. I think I I didn't yeah. compare him to any of those guys. I right, but those are Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? But Sewell is the right thing. Trent Williams so, is not a Hall of Famer yet. Wait, well, but, but Rob, no. We, yeah, it, he, he, we just heard Tommy compare Lawrence to John Elway, and you didn't have a problem with that. So why the problem with Sewell? It's not. Because, I, because, because Sewell doesn't have a body of work. When I compare these guys, I'm not thinking – it's not the doesn't mean that I think they're going to be that guy. It's just they, they remind me of that person. You can't say who he's going to be. Right. If, if, he, if Penny Sewell dies in a car accident tomorrow – he, he's never played a game. If you look at him, he reminds me of Trent Williams. And I'm telling you right now, he, the Bengals are making a mistake if they take a wide receiver here. Because first of all, the wide receiver class is deep. You could get another one in day two. And Joe Burrow just had a catastrophic knee injury. You need to protect this guy. He's your franchise for the next 15 years. You have to protect him. And Penny took- Sewell did a hell of a job protecting Justin Herbert when he was any when he was on the field. Quick question: I know Penny Sewell got hurt. He sat out last year. All he's been doing is training to be an NFL offensive tackle. That's all he's been doing the last year. Quick, he hasn't quick, been going to school. Hasn't been studying anything. That's what he's been doing. Quick question: What if Burrow goes to the goes to the the the, the, the Bengals uh, GM and who's ever making the decisions for them and says, "I want my yeah. guy. I want Chase." I want my guy I, now. I wouldn't now, be surprised. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised because they're the Bengals. They do it's stuff two, like that. It's a two-part question. Listen to me. Calm down. Listen to me. Two-part question. If <laughs> they take, if they take, all right, relax. We're gonna get to the things. It's a debate. It's just a little debate here, buddy. Don't get fired up. It's just we we gotta go I here. Said I'm can't... fired up because it's draft week. Okay. So now I love it. it. Here's a, two, here's a two-part question. You see the smile he go, on my face? He goes to them. They want He wants Chase. Let's say they take Chase. My next question to you is, would the Chargers try and move all the way up to go get Herbert's guy, Sewell? Could you see a scenario like that happening where they go from, what are they, 13? From Definitely. 13 up to, up, to the, up, to yeah. the, up to the sixth spot, to the Dolphins. <sighs> no, I, I honestly think if – if uh... Because obviously they need they the offensive line. Sewell, he might, time. he might. Oh yeah, I haven't taken Slater, but I mean that's because Sewell's gone. I could see Slater having a bit of a slide if he if he doesn't go to Cincy, he might slide down a little bit. You mean Sewell? And you then mean the Sewell. Chargers might. I mean, I'm sorry, Sewell, and he might slide. He might slide down into the, around ten. You don't think he go to the, the Panthers? Going to have to jump. You don't think he go to Panthers the Panthers? Could Sewell? be, but I think he could. But I mean, they could also trade out of that spot. And that could be that could be a landing spot. That's where the Chargers may trade up. But I think I I I, I think the Panthers might be looking defense too. I I look at the offensive line. It's not horrible. They could get away with some. But the Bengals' offensive line is terrible. It's Jonah terrible. Williams, sorry, you're not getting it done. But and I, it's awful. Michael Jordan, you're the re, Michael Jordan is their left ta- was their left tackle. He's the reason right. Joe Burrow got his knee bent in half. Okay, so you so don't want put- him. Riley Reef doesn't stop. Doesn't he doesn't excite me. All right, so if Sewell, if Sewell were to drop to the Panthers' number eight spot, you don't see them taking him? We, we talked about how the Jets did not protect mm-hmm. Sam Donald. No, they could. We, they could. They, they could. Yeah. I, I tell you the truth. It, yeah. In my mind, if they pass on 
Sewell, the Bengals, and they take Chase. I agree with you. They should take the offensive lineman. You protect your biggest asset. That's Burrow. I mean, I could see a scenario where they're going to take the best player on the board, and to them it's probably going to be uh, Jamar Chase. But, again, I could see that scenario where the Chargers – Panther, listen. For the tackle. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Listen, I was thinking about it, and I, I don't like putting trades in the mock. I'm, I'll probably have a section where you, I'll say what trades I think is going to happen. And in the mock, if you're reading it, like you'll see, and I say in red print, that's where the trade could happen. But the Panthers' left tackle and right tackle situation is a lot better. Even It's not – unbelievable but it's a lot better than the Bengals Greg Little they drafted he was he was he's a good he he has a lot of potential he's not 100% there yet but he could be a good tackle and Taylor Moten's a very good right tackle all right so So let's move they're in better shape where they could get move on Andrew let's move on let's move on from the Bengals we had enough about the the Panthers they perennially suck anyway I'm sorry Rob one sec good one sec they just need the Panthers where their problem is is the interior offensive line. That's well, we'll why get to, we'll get to the Panthers later. Can play we'll, everything. Okay, we'll we'll okay. get to the Panthers next. So, Andrew, go ahead. Give us uh, give us the Dolphin take with you and Tommy there. All right. So this and we did the AFC preview a couple weeks ago, Rob. And I told you, for the exception of the quarterbacks, that this was probably the easiest selection on the board, and it wasn't even close. And that's the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase at number six. We have our reservations. All three of us have our reservations on Tua and whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback. But when you have a receiver that's this much of a sure thing, which I think we can all agree that Jamar Chase is a sure thing wide receiver. Um, you saw what Justin Jefferson was able to do in college and uh, with the Vikings after coming out of the draft last year. And I thought that Chase was the better receiver on that LSU team. I think Chase is a no-brainer for the Dolphins. Automatically makes your offense better. And then it's put up or shut up time for Tua. Yeah, there's no more excuses. And, and you're right. He was the best player on that team. And look at the team. Look at the offense. They had Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You got Randy Moss's son was a stud tight end. They had so many weapons. And Chase was the best player on that team. That's how good he is. The Dolphins are not – but I'll say this. If Pitts falls to six, they might take Pitts. I think they – in order, it's Pitts, Chase – and Devontae Smith, and then Waddle. That's what the Dolphins. That's the. But here, top here's four. here's the only. So thing. that could be is interesting. There, but it's not. I don't think it's a chance that he falls though, because if if the Falcons, I, I I honestly think in my head and my gut that the only way that the Falcons don't take Pitts is if they trade out of the pick and whoever trades into that number four spot mm-hmm. will take Pitts. So I'm not yeah. sure if Pitts will fall to number six. That's the only thing. Well, unless if a team, no, a team, if a team moves up and takes a quarterback, then it will be interesting. But it depends. I, I don't see it happening either. I think it'll be Chase at six. Unless the Bengals go – like Rob said, it could happen. Burrow might go up to the, the management and say that. I mean, but if you're listening to – if that's just – I think it's silly. I think you need to protect them. And but before, and before Miami, we move I, it's on, quick Chase little shout-out. He's so good. Quick little shout-out to Chris Marini because he begged the question, who are the, who are the Dolphins taking at number six? Do they stay Cousin there Chris. or do they gather more picks? I'd love to see Pitts or Chase to help Tua. So would we. So would we. He needs a go-to receiver. Devontae Parker has not panned out to be the receiver that Dolphins fans had hoped. You need a go-to weapon for Tua for him to, to fully develop and have a go-to target. Now, one thing that's interesting, as far as trading yes, up for I, I want Chase, especially for my cousin Chris, because he's a diehard Dolphin fan. Well, go. look, I mean, the only problem is if the Bengals decide to take Chase and Chase and Pitts are both gone, then where do the Dolphins go? With Do they go with Waddle? Do they go with Devonta Smith? You know, do they go? I mean, there's really no defensive players worth taking there. You're going to take Micah Parsons maybe a little too early. I don't know. 
But then again, I think Micah Parsons might go to the Lions. So who am I to say? I don't know. So well, here, here's, well, you're, what here's you're one saying, interesting you're thing. Chase and Pitts. I'm saying he's saying if Chase and Pitts they could are both, take Sewell. they might they might take Sewell because their offensive line is awful too. Right. They might take Sewell. They, yeah, okay. That's why it's so hard to do a mock this year because I mean, there's so many options between. Five, four and ten, it's impossible to, to tell what's going to happen. You could go either way. Anyway, the Dolphins would not be making a bad move if they took Stuhl at, at six because you got to protect Tua. He, he's too frail. And he takes a beating anyway. And Austin Jackson, I, they drafted him last year. He's not, I don't know if he's going to be ready. Well, all right. So so your career trajectory as far as Tua is concerned, you're like me. And I think, I, you know, I think a majority of people that you speak to are not big Tua fans. And I heard Albert Breer saying it the other day, uh, too, that Tua, man, almost all the Alabama players said they would take Mac Jones in the NFL before they would take Tua. They wanted Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. They liked Mac Jones better than him. Yeah. I said that last year. Yeah, I I don't get the whole fanfare with Tua myself, Tommy. You know, I don't get it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's terrible, but I don't think – I don't think he's this otherworldly type quarterback the way people talk talk about him. No. I don't know. You know, listen, we could be wrong, but I we'll And listen, the, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick had to come in and save the day on three separate occasions last year does not do him any favors as well. Well, we'll give him a pass because he was a rookie. I mean, look, they, they really didn't have many weapons there surrounding him. So if they can get, you know, yeah, but, a, a but wide here, receiver to help him. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in with those same weapons and, and you're right, it up but his experience. But and yeah, no, the experience yeah. plays a large role, but I yeah. think that's just part of the reason why a lot of people seem to be lower on Tua than they were coming into the draft because he didn't do himself any favors. All right, so we say that Chase is the best receiver. The next receiver that you have going on the board is with this next pick, Tommy. You have the Detroit Lions taking him with the number seven pick. You also do note that this could be a trade spot for the Lions because they only possess six picks overall mm-hmm. in the whole entire draft, and that yeah. is a team that's in total rebuild mode with a new head coach. They could look to acquire as much draft capital as they want, and they can move back, and this is one thing I was going to say before. As far as someone trading up to number four and taking the quarterback, the reason why I said that I think a team that would trade into the number four spot would be to take Pitts because realistically, the only team you'd have to jump to take the quarterback I think would be the Broncos at nine. And the Lions would be the picture-perfect team to swap with because they are just begging and gnawing and trying to get their way at any draft capital possible. So I think if a team trades into the top 10 to take a quarterback, it's going to be at that number seven spot. With that being said, Waddle's a terrific receiver. Goff could certainly use a weapon, right? They lost Marvin Jones. They lost Kenny Galladay. I mean, who's their number one receiver right now? Uh, is it Rashad Perriman? Rashad Perriman <laughs> and Geronimo yeah. Allison. I mean, they no, have no, nobody no, to throw no, the ball no, to. No, I want to pose. I want to give Tommy a question. Tommy, I got a have, question for you. They have Tyrell. Wait, 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 wait. They have Tyrell Williams too. All right, let's not worry about still, those guys. Still the, those still are insignificant. The worst, still the worst wide receiving core in the, in the league. Because here's the question. Here's the question. If you see, if you're the Detroit Lions, Tommy, at that point, it's let's say the draft breaks the way you have it, you know, breaking with the top six picks. Okay, mm-hmm. and you, you're a team like Detroit, like you like you mentioned, only six picks. They have a myriad of positions that they need to fix, offense and defense. What are the odds with Jalen Waddle really and really nobody being there to help the Lions? Because I don't think Jalen Waddle helps the Lions all that much for what they need, and especially Dan Campbell, who I mentioned last week, comes in with all this bluster. How if they get knocked down, they're gonna bite the other team in the kneecaps and all this other crap. What are the odds to you? Is it more than 50% that the Lions trade out of this spot? Because really, 
they're not getting a, a significant difference maker that's going to help this franchise going forward with Jalen Wilder. Very, very, wait, wait, re, wait, calm down, relax, <laughs> relax. How much is the wide receiver position going to help them in the next couple of years, as opposed to taking draft capital back and maybe and maybe accumulating another first round pick and maybe a, a, a second or a third round pick? whether it be this year or next year, wouldn't the draft capital suit them more than taking Jalen Waddle? That's the question. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I, I write in the thing. There's going to there's most likely going to be a trade here, but I can't predict a trade. So in the seventh spot. No, Waddell, you can't. So this is just a question posed to you. I know what I the it. odds are. I know. Yeah. I, I, the, I, I'm, I said it. I think there's a good chance there's a trade. I think it could be Arizona. I heard this from, I, I'm going to get credit. Peter Schrager said that he's, he knows a lot more about it than me from these teams. He possibly, and that's why I keep these guys in the same spot. That doesn't mean they're going to be picked by the team. That just means that's the spot that they could go. Jalen Waddle might get picked there by the Arizona Cardinals because the Lions might trade out because they definitely need trade cap, draft capital. Right. But if the Lions do stay there, why? Waddle's probably the best player available there. Why not take him? Listen, the offensive line for them is not horrendous. Taylor Decker's a stud at left tackle. They don't need a left tackle. Jonah Jackson, they need some help inside. You're not taking a guy at seven. You're not taking a guard there. Frank Ragnow, one of the best centers in football. And then another guard of a tie is not good, but you're not taking a guard there. And then you got Tyrell Crosby. He's serviceable. You're not, they don't need, they're not taking a tackle. Defense, listen, I would rather have Waddle and give Goff some weapons and then, but I, the, the number one thing they should do is trade out. I agree with you, but I think Waddle is going to be the pick there, whoever comes up. I think you see, whoever comes up is trading up for, for Jalen Waddle. Do you see the potential of them staying there and the Lions and maybe drafting a Micah Parsons, who could probably be a game wrecker on defense, as some people have him, as some people have said, you know, listen, we don't know. Again, another guy who set out the 2020 season. Do they really need him, though? They have good linebackers. Al Anzalone, they have Jamie Collins in the middle. No, but again, just, they don't really need them. They, look, if, I would, I would see if they're going to take any defense position right there, it's going to be a cornerback because after Jeff Okuda, they have nothing. Okay, so the, maybe even a cornerback. cornerback. Only, yeah. only because, only because if you look at what they did in free agency when they signed Jalen Williams, um, J uh, J Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, to, yeah. Jamal Williams to go along with. Uh, yeah, they're running. Swift. Their running game isn't awful. They have right. You're going to want to see them maybe run the ball, maybe try and play some defense. Would a, all right, so let's say a cornerback. Would a, would a J.C. Horn, would a, would a Patrick Satan make yeah, sense for the Lions there? Absolutely. It would, it would but I, I, just, I think it's going to be a trade spot. I really do. Here's the I think so, too. I think it's a trade problem. swap. They could go with any position, and it would be good because they have zero talent on the roster. They, 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 they need, they, they need, they need everything. Players. They need everything. Why not, but why not get a guy like Waddle who could – he might put butts in the seats. He's exciting. I, told, I compared him to Tariq Hill last year. Just like everybody's doing it now. I did it last year. So we know how good the kid is. He can run kicks back. He's explosive. If that ankle stays up, he's all, he's great. Why? I mean, but they should trade out. If they're going to sit there and they want an offensive guy, that's the guy to take. Okay. You know? All right. So at number eight, we're going to the Carolina Panthers. Tommy, you have him taking Patrick Sertan, the cornerback. His father was a, was a very good player in the NFL as well, too. So, um, okay. Give us why Patrick Sertan to the Panthers. Uh, I just th I think I've heard I, I've read a lot. I've heard from guys that I follow that are very reliable that they're looking cornerback. They want to they want to shore that up. It's not, you know, it's not exact. It's decent, 
the first two, and then after that, there's nothing. Your third guy is Troy Pride Jr. You need a guy, but you need Sertan in there because you got Bouye is very good, and then Dante Jackson. Now you throw Sertan. Now you got three very, very good wide receivers. Uh, I'm sorry, cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. And in that division, they need it. You're facing Aaron Rodgers. You're facing Tom Brady. You know what I mean? They have to get shut down corners. It, 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 I makes, think sense. it makes sense. Yeah. Now, one one question. Now, I know you know you haven't mentioned here that they have a glaring need, maybe at offensive tackle. What are the odds that it may be going after Rashawn Slater in that spot? You think it's too early to to, uh, to go after a Slater in that spot there? Or looking at the depth chart, they uh, let me see. Their guards aren't terrible. I mean, you got. Uh, so you're projecting Cameron Slater Irving. to. You're projecting Slater to play guard in the NFL. He can not... play any. He can play anything. He's the most right. versatile guy. He can play guard, center, tackle. I think he probably wants to play tackle. I think okay. he'll start off the NFL as a guard, but uh, he could go to tackle. But listen, they could. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't scoff at uh, at uh, Slater there, but I still think it's a little too early. I think it's another spot where the, the Panthers could trade out. You know, you know what, Tommy, I, I got a I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Not not to do with the Panthers or anything. As yeah. a, as a GM, mm-hmm. and I've heard you know I even heard it from Charlie Weiss. I said it myself when I think I was talking with you and and Bruce and and Andrew when we were out to dinner too. Do you think it makes sense for most of these teams, especially early the early part of the draft, maybe the first part, the first half of the draft, the first maybe ten to fifteen teams? Um, do you think it makes sense for them to go best player available or to to fill a need, do you do you feel a team gets in trouble if they look to feel a need and not take the best player available? Yeah, listen, I think a lot of teams go best player available. As much as you want to say they should pick here because you need, you know, it's a need, and that's how I do it. Most most of the time, I'm doing it. I'm looking at the needs, whatever you know, and and you're seeing the needs. That doesn't mean they think they need that guy. You're just going by what you're reading and all the info you're gathering, like. The Panthers might not think they need a lineman or a cornerback, but when you read everything and then you put all, it all together, that's what you see the needs are. But a lot of these teams will take the best player available because right. yeah, it's such a crapshoot. You, you, listen, if you got a guy that's number one on your big board and he's sitting there, take him. Why the hell not? You know what I mean? Right. You can't. You can. A lot of these guys are versatile enough where you could move them around now in, in this league. There's a lot of these Swiss Army knives that are coming up on defense, especially where you right. could use. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I would say I think best of player available is usually what what teams would do. You know, it's hard to fill a need because if you got, like if you fill if you need a guy if you need a, if you have a need and it's not it's not one of the you know top three guys that you like you're usually going to trade out because you could you're okay with getting five to six guys so you could move back five or six spots and you're okay with whatever guy it is. Okay, I when, you, when it's the best a... player available, you're taking that guy because you love the guy. You know? Andrew, take us into the next pick with Tommy Denver Broncos on the clock at nine. Yep, we've talked a bunch of times in the past about how Denver needs the quarterback. Drew Locke is not the answer. Tommy is in lockstep with us. He hasn't taken Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. So this is more of a, a two-part question. Number one, if Fields comes in, you know, judging and saying that your mock is correct here, if Fields comes in, do you anticipate him taking the job from Locke right away? And number two, you have Fields as the third best quarterback on your board. What exactly do you like about Fields that puts him at number three? I think, and I wrote it in the, in the you know, in the description, I think Fields starts over Locke almost right away. I think he's better than him right now. And I liked Locke a lot coming out. I really so did. did. I, I yep. loved him. And he just hasn't put it all together. 
he, he hasn't put it all together. He he's shown signs where he could be, but I just I first of all I don't think he's mature enough. I think he's a bit of a clown, and I just think Field is just much better than him in every way. Field is a natural born leader. Basically, the reason the Big Ten played this year was because of Justin Fields. He put, he had a petition, got thousands of signatures, and basically forced the Big Ten to pull up their freaking skirt and play football again. Um, I think he's got all the tools. Um, I see him sliding. Chris Sims has him going 32. I mean, it's ridiculous. Chris Sims is a better quarterback than he is a draft expert. That's what I'll say about him. Um, <laughs> but I think Justin That's Fields not saying is... much at all. <laughs> wow, are we on a are we on a delay? Gee, I said that like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> the one Sorry. thing that concerns me about Justin Fields, and it's similar to one that you brought up against Zach Wilson, is that uh, although. Fields does play in the Big Ten. The Big Ten did not have these ferocious defenses. Uh, they had one ferocious defense, and that was Northwestern. And Justin Fields played like absolute garbage against them. And he also didn't look good in the national championship against Alabama. Yeah, but then he, play, he, he, right. he played unbelievable against Clemson, though. <laughs> like, again, for, for Clemson, it was he not. He played unreal against Clemson, though. He Clemson, out, he was not a def- Clemson was not a defensive team like they normally are this year. Their defense left a lot to be desired this whole season. Now, I'm not listen. I'm not saying that Fields is terrible. He's going to be a bust, but those are things that bring up concerns. And I think it's only right. fair that if you have those There's inconsistencies about, to his about, game. Yeah, listen, if you have those concerns. Yeah, listen, about let me just tell you something. Have the he, same with Fields. No, I don't. I I, I don't because Zach Wilson played absolutely nobody, and Justin Fields went toe-to-toe with Clemson. I know the defense isn't the same, but the defense is better than anyone that Zach Wilson has ever faced in his life. That's true. Trust me. That's, that's and he true. outplayed Trevor Lawrence that day. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence that day. You could go watch the tape. All right, so we have the Dallas Cowboys coming up. And we have a question that came in from a listener to the show and a big Dallas Cowboys fan himself, one of Tommy's good friends here, Gary Molinaro. He says, hey, guys, I'm a big Cowboys fan. Obviously, they're going defense this year. My question is, do the Cowboys take the lockdown cornerback in Sertan or go with the best overall defensive player in the draft and Micah Parsons? Mel Kuyper sucks. Locks is more knowledgeable. Tom, Tommy answered that one. <laughs> yeah, well, he already has Sertan going early on in the draft, but Tommy has them going with the linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Now, Rob, we had this NFC preview last week. You asked me who I thought that the Cowboys had to go with. I said that it was – it was Patrick Sertan. Obviously, they lost Byron Jones in free agency to the Dolphins last season. They lost a Wuze to the Bengals this year, so the cornerback is completely depleted. But you know what? Middle linebacker is a hole, too. Leighton Van Der Esch has had injury concerns. Sean Lee's no longer in the fold. Even when he was in the fold, he was hurt all the time. I think if you really shore up the middle of that defense, everything else will kind of fall into place. So if both Parsons, and I'll, and I'll pose this question to both of you, let's just say that your mock is wrong in this instance, Tommy. And by the time you get to pick number 10, both Parsons and Sertan are still on the board. Who do you think is the better fit? I think they're both very good fits, but I think I think they would probably go Sertan at that point. But I'm hearing – here's what I'm hearing late, which which screwed my whole mock-up, but I'm not going to change it yet, that they are looking very, very seriously at taking a, uh, a offensive lineman. And they like Slater a lot. So it, they might just poo-poo Sertan and Parsons – and go with Rashawn Slater at 10, which would throw a, a big monkey wrench into everyone's mock. Well, it wouldn't, shock you. it wouldn't shock you because they had a lot of injuries on the offensive line uh, last year, the Cowboys. And, you know, it's not that vaunted offensive line that they had from the couple of years back. 
So they have some, they've had had some injuries and look, taking an offensive line, it probably does make a little bit of sense for them. So I think he's the most talented, I think he's the most talented defensive player in the draft. I think he's, he could be that good. I mean, he, he's a little immature. There was a hazing incident back in like, I think he was a sophomore or something, but I mean, he's come out of that. He, I've seen him on interviews. He's a very likable guy. He's a guy that Jerry Jones would fall in love with, I think. And I, I especially in Dallas, he'd be a big star. Right. Uh, and he's a big disruptor. He could do, he could, he's a, one of those do it all linebackers. I think I, I, it would be, if I was the GM and I, Sertan and him were still sitting there, I, I'd have to think long and hard about that. It would probably take me up until right to the deadline to make that decision. So this okay. is an interesting yeah. one we have coming up. And this is a team that obviously we spent a ton of time talking about in recent weeks. And that is the New York football giants. And they're sitting here at number 11 and you have them, Tommy taking the Heisman trophy winner. And Devontae Smith, the receiver. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And, and you're I not hate, a fan of I it. I hate yep. the pick, but it's just not, not, I love Smith, but I just, I want them to trade back. I really do. I love Devontae Smith. All the comparisons, everybody compares him to Marvin Harrison, um, which would be unbelievable. I just, I just think the Giants are good enough at, on offense right now. They have enough weapons where they have to start. They either got to really shore up that young offensive line or get a stud edge rush. They need an edge rusher. They have no pass rush. They have to do it, but it's hard to do it at 11 because all the edge rushers are, have a lot of question marks. Uh, I, I want, I really want them to trade back into like the back end of the teens, you know, get a little more draft capital, get a day two pick and do it that way. If they're sitting there at, at, at 11 and Devonte Smith is staring them in the face, like we were talking about best player available. Smith is probably the best player available. Gettleman is very, very big on him. I know that for a fact. So I think it might be Smith. All right, Tommy. So I think that that's perfect because you just said that you love Devontae Smith as the player. You hate the pick for the Giants. So this is perfect segue into the second part of Richard Murphy's question. The first part was, who do you see the Giants taking? You have him taking Smith. The second part of the question is, who do you think, who, who would you take if you were the Giants GM? Um, I, would tra- I would trade back. Well, do I have to make a pick or can I trade? Make a pick. Make a pick. Oh, man. Ah. Right there. I would take I would take Slater from Northwestern. I was going to say, don't give me a Rob answer. There's so many guys I can't. No, no, no. Gun to my head, I'll, ta- I'll take Slater. There's, guy, there's edge rushers I like, but not at 11. I, I would trade back. Well, Rob and I had that discussion a couple of weeks ago. I just think that, you know, Daniel Jones, you got in the receiver in Galladay. Now, I know that Galladay is not the game-breaking receiver. That is just going to no, completely but- dominate and take over the game. But he has enough weapons at his disposal now where guys that he's going to throw the ball to are not a huge concern. I understand how high some guys are on Waddle and that he does have the potential to be a game breaker. But in my opinion, if you don't shore up the offensive line, which as a, as a whole unit was not very good, I think you jump at the opportunity to really solidify that. And then all of a sudden you don't need a superstar at the wide receiver position. I think what you need is you need to go into the season without having any of the offensive units as a question mark, the run, the running back room shouldn't be a question mark. If Barkley comes back from the injury and he's okay, which I anticipate he is the wide receiver room is not a question mark, especially after adding Galladay. Right. The offensive line is the only question mark. If you were to tackle that and take Slater in round one, then I think you don't have questions anymore. And then right, you so hit, the I, I, got question, I got questions here. Real hey, quick, hey, real quick, Rob. Sorry. Let's look. Go let's just go through the. T- let's go through quick. Barkley, great. He's the top of the well, top of the don't, chain. We don't. We don't need to go through the whole team. We no, know but you. Could, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, but so, you know, 
I'm not going to an old team. I'm just saying why they should take Slater. They have good wide receivers. They have three good wide receivers. Plus John Ross is a home run hitter at four. They have Pettis. They have, I mean, they, and they have Ingram and Rudolph. And then they, they need a, they need a lineman. They need an offensive lineman. Cause that's the, like Andrew said, that's the question mark. Andrew Thomas is a, we don't know yet. Will Hernandez was bad last year. He came on strong. Gates, fine. You put him at center. I don't, I'm not a big fan of him, but you're not picking a center here. You're not taking a running back here. Like I said, they need a running back because they only have Barkley right now. Booker's not getting it done. Lemieux showing signs. You got you like Fulton, Rob. He's I think he's more of a depth guy, and they're they're in love with Perk. Well, and then he, he got he, sold. He is back. a depth guy. All right, but let let's let's forget about that depth chart here. I, here's my question to you. You know, it, it's been said with this draft that all right, his took a couple of part question. They draft Slater here. Yep. Slater's been from what they say is that Slater will be a better guard interior than he will be as a tackle, whether it be a right tackle, he's certainly not going to play left tackle. So do you think a, the giants would draft Slater probably making him a guard or do you think he's good enough to play right tackle right now? And B, do you think if the giants did want to address the guard position before the right tackle position, that they can get a guard in the second round draft a, the playmaker and Devonte Smith, which they do not have. I, I can't, I can't take John Ross serious. He has not been healthy. I can't take uh, a Pettis serious. Another no, guy has not been healthy. And, that's five and six on the depth chart. Right, but they're only depth guys. They're not guys. Devontae Smith's a Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he's an all-world wide receiver from what they say. A lot of Heisman Trophy winners don't pan out. No, no doubt, but from the wide receiver position, he did win the Heisman Trophy. So if they take, if they take the wide receiver there, can't they address the guard play because supposedly from what they're saying is that the guards and the tackles get it, it's it's a deeper draft for that position so couldn't they address that in the second round and take again we discussed this take the best player available slater's not the best player available at that point for the giants at 11 and that's the question that i had posed to you earlier was don't you take the best player available you agreed so why wouldn't the giants take well, the best player available there my big board, I have Slater ahead of Smith, seven and eight. Slater seven. I think he's Joe Staley. Do you like Joe Staley? Yeah, I, I listen. I, I I get it. I just don't think Slater is going to translate again to be that great in the NF. I just don't. I don't see it because if he was, there were Why? Because did you watch? Were, can I ask you something? Wait, 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 wait. Did you watch gonna, him against gonna, Did you watch him against Chase Young? I, I, he I dominated Chase Young. I seen the tape against uh, Chase Young. I watched They faced Chase Young twice during the year the Giants. I seen it, that. but it, but here's my here's my here's my problem. If he if he is as good as you're saying he is and you're comparing him to Joe Staley and again, I hate yeah. making comparisons on guys that have not played a game in the NFL. It's, but, but did everyone does it? You got to do it if you're doing but, a, a draft but, cut. But, Okay, again, but why wouldn't he go sooner than even the Giants? Because teams like the he Cowboys, might. We just talked about him trading trading up ahead of the Giants to take Slater. We just okay, talked about but it. but if you got him rated ahead of even Devonta Smith, I do. Why wouldn't why wouldn't the Cowboys have taken him when they can use an offensive lineman? Why I wouldn't said the, that? I didn't wait, listen okay, to me. but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I said that. Me, I but Rob, I said. 10 minutes ago that the Cowboys are looking at Slater big time and they might take him. Okay. But you it. don't, 
but wait a second. You don't have him take you don't have the Cowboys taking Slater at that spot. You haven't I know because I made I did I told you I heard that's why the mock is very hard to do. I did that at three o'clock in the afternoon and then four o'clock I heard more news. But I have to I have to question you on it only because this is what I'm I'm just saying, but I said what I said that my mock is gonna change because there's a lot of things coming in. Okay, he also he also says that the that even though that the Cowboys are looking up to take Slater, it doesn't necessarily mean that Slater is the most pressing need on the Cowboys roster. Because no, not every not everyone in this first round has the philosophy of I'm going to take the best player available. You have to address needs at certain points, and when the, okay. when the back end of the defense is such a concern, the middle of the defense okay. is such a concern that listen, Dak Prescott before the injury last season was on pace to throw for 5,400 yards, even though his offensive line was abysmal. So adding Slater is not adding anything to the Cowboys as far as how many. Okay, then what about what about win? the Panthers where he clearly states it's a glaring need, maybe offensive tackle. Are you are you rating Sertan ahead of Slater in that position? These are questions that have to be asked. I mean, look, this okay, is listen, what we're here yeah, for. Yeah. Oh, I get it, but I, I'm not doing it by my draft. I'm not, I'm not doing the mock draft by my big board. I'm not the GM. It's what I think the teams are going to do. That's how a mock draft works. You don't do your own. If you do a mock draft where you think you're going to pick, then you're, you're a moron because that's not how it works. Well, look, I, I'm not going to be vanilla here. If I'm going to question a pick, I'm going to question a pick. I get because it. Because this, what what this is what we're what here for. what the Giants are going to do, not what I'm going to do. I right. think Dave Gettleman's a moron. I think he's going to take Devontae Smith instead of shoring up what the Giants really need. The Giants are of a couple picks, a couple pieces away from being a playoff team. Also, you can't. You, it would, it's malpractice. You can't say that the Giants shouldn't take this guy because the Cowboys had the opportunity to take him above us and didn't. And that's not a problem. Nobody, way said, to nobody said that. I never. I never said that. Yes, you, I, you just did. You just said that the Cowboys have the opportunity to take him. How come you didn't have him going there? And you're like questioning Slater's ability just because teams in front of the Giants were not slated I, to pick him. I'm not questioning. To- I'm not questioning his ability, but he's got Slater rated ahead of Devonta Smith on his big board. All I'm yeah, but I'm not making the picks. I'm predicting what right. the teams are going to do. All, all I'm saying is that if he's going to be Joe Staley, which I'm hearing Joe Staley, yeah. and he's that good, don't do, doesn't the offensive tackle get valued higher? Then even the linebacker that Cowboys are taking or the cornerback that the Panthers might be taking, because I don't let's know. Face it, Andrew, I always say it built from the inside out and I might be hypocritical about the giant pick right now. I just feel like the giants right now, they took three offensive linemen in that draft last year. And as much as I, I'm not saying I'm high on Zach Fulton, but the guy's a starter in this league. He's a starting guard in this league. You still have I'm the Nate, worst team in football. The Texans are the worst it, offensive it, line in football. I, I, he's not I a get, starter on a good football team. I, I get that, but he's still a depth piece that have played in the NFL. Yeah, depth, so you, you could said. address depth. that. You also have Nate Solder coming back, not as a left tackle, as a right tackle. Nate I mean, Solder I don't think be, that's not, terrible. Nate Solder should retire. He's not good anymore. But he's coming back as a swing right. guy. He it, should it be could a be worse. He should be a all backup. Right. He should help he, Matt Pert develop. That's all he's good right. for. So, he's oh, a so, coach. He's so, a coach on the field. That's what he is. So let's have let's have Matt Pert develop into a right tackle. Yeah, like but Matt, drafted him. Matt Pert is raw as hell. Okay, he's still but got, he's still got to get more depth. You, but they, Joe Judge likes moving guys around. He's very he loves moving guys around on that no, line. No doubt. So that, that's why Slater is a good fit because Slater think, can play every position. Here's the way you got to put it, Rob. Do you listen, think listen Will Hernandez is a bust? Do you think Will Hernandez no. is a bust? No, he had a bad year. We'll see. COVID, listen, the injury. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, but that doesn't mean. Listen, they, listen, still, here's, need, they here's, still need help on the line. The line here's is what not the bottom good. line is. Here's what the bottom line is. Okay, you're going into the third year 
of Daniel Jones's tenure as a Giants quarterback. Okay. If after year three, he's still laying on his ass after every time he drops back, you don't have a definitive answer. You're saying, geez, I wish that we could see Daniel Jones with an offensive line because we don't know yet. Right. You're not going to have those questions if you address the offensive line. And you're not going to have those questions even though you don't draft the receiver because Galladay, Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton, like th- those weapons big, are good enough to suffice. For I'm Daniel not as Jones. high on Darius Slayton as everybody else. The it doesn't, it doesn't like- matter if you're high on him at all. You can't it, tell me that after this season that, an, that a potential excuse for Daniel Jones would be he didn't have enough receivers to throw the ball to. That would not be an excuse. It's just not a valid one. Their receivers are more than good enough. You were just saying that everything doesn't need to be picture perfect. The Giants need perfect. a game-breaking receiver. They do not have that. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If they draft a wide receiver, more than likely they're going to be trading Ingram for, for whether a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, whatever it may be. You're probably going to see him jettisoned out of here. Because they're gonna take they're gonna take that receiver knowing okay we don't need we don't need Evan Ingram anymore we don't need him we don't we'll, we'll play Kyle Rudolph we'll play Caden Smith so you know what let's move on from the Giants we're taking too much time on the Giants so we're gonna go into the Eagles and this is a controversial pick I think with the Philadelphia fan base if this happens this will be great and you have them taking Trey Lance uh, uh, Tommy go ahead explain that pick. well I mean honestly. It's, I have Trey Lance in that spot. I really think there's going to be a trade. That's the one where I really think there's going to be a trade, and someone's coming up for Trey Lance at that point. But listen, if the Eagles stay there, they should take Trey Lance because they're off, they're, their roster is horrendous. Their roster is just as bad as the Detroit Lions. And Jalen Hurts is not the answer. Jalen Hurts is a, is a Taysom Hill type guy, Cordell Stewart, move them out, put them in packages. We saw this. I, and I, I'm rooting very hard for Jalen Hurts. I love the kid. I want him to succeed. But I watched him against Washington, and they were not going to win that game, even though they took out – they screwed the Giants and took put Sudfeld in. They were not winning that game. Jalen Hurts was, like, two of five in that game. He couldn't even throw the ball. He had – what do you have, three touchdowns in, in, and more? He had, he had a couple rushing touchdowns. He had five picks in three games. He's not the answer. I'm in lockstep with you. I don't think, you know I don't what I mean? think Hurts is the answer either. But I really don't. Get, but if we, for a year, and, they, and, and he, you know, the, the uh, Roseman and, and the coach are talking about they want competition. We all know Joe Flacco's not competition for Hurts. Joe Flacco's not starting. Joe Flacco's there to be, take, get a paycheck and maybe be a good mentor, good, good teacher. Joe Flacco's not getting on the field. He's not starting. If you put Trey Lance in that quarterback room, that's, you know, He's there. For, he's not. Here's what I'll say. And I, Mike Lombardi said this. I love it. Trey Lance is a year away from being a year away. And I totally agree with him. Trey Lance is not playing this year, except in exhibition games. And he might not even play next year. He's not ready, but he's got all the talent in the world. So either the Eagles could take him and rebuild with him and, and really go into a rebuild. Cause I just think their roster is, is garbage right now. Or someone is coming in. I really, the, the, the more I think is a team is coming up to get Lance at uh, All right. at twelve. That's uh, what I ask, think. Let me ask you a question, Tommy. Do you think, do you think a public opinion that players like a Jalen Hurts, I, I don't want to, I don't want to lump Lamar Jackson into into this equation only because he's won an MVP. No way. Or, La, or, Lamar Jackson's much better than than Lance uh, right. or well, well, wait. Let me let or, me let me uh, let me Hertz, let say. me finish. Let me answer the I question. I got you. I got you. I got you. Let me finish. Let me answer the question. Let me uh, ask the question. Guys like Jalen Hurts, with that sort of mobility at the quarterback position, do you think that 
everything else around them, all their other lack of skills that they might have, including, uh, you know, um, accuracy and things like that. Do you think that that they get overrated and overvalued because of their ability, you know, the, uh, to, to be mobile out of the pocket and to run around and to create plays off of broken plays where a guy like Jalen Hurts gets a bit overrated because of that. Because you see a lot of people that fell in love with Jalen Hurts from the get-go. Yeah. And I felt like, all right, the first game was just an energy game for him. He got exposed starting with the second half in that Dallas game, and it continued into that Washington game. And look, they were universally mocked when they took Hurts in that second round last year. Right. We yeah. don't know that. It was way too soon. Now, all of a sudden, they're probably backtracking saying, hey, did we make a mistake here? Maybe we take the quarterback. I'm in lockstep with you about Jalen Hurts' ability as a quarterback. And I think you're right. He's a better as a Taysom Hill, Swiss Army knife type of guy than he is as an every down quarterback. Maybe he can develop uh, to be one in a couple of years. But I just I don't see it yet with him. I don't see it. So, you know, do you think that guys get overrated and overvalued because of this ability to scramble and run? You know, I, let's face it. It, it works for Lamar Jackson, but not so much in the playoffs. Even though he won, finally won a playoff game, he kind of gets, uh, um, you know, defenses are prepared for him in the playoffs. Let's let's face it. So, do you think that that gets a little bit overrated because of that? Uh, you know what I think a lot had to do with Hurts last year. There was no there was no pro days. There was no interviews because of COVID. And I think like and we even talked about it last year. I remember. They took big. T- a lot of these teams didn't take. They went. They didn't go with these small schools. They were going with the big schools. Mm-hmm. Hertz went to Oklahoma. He went to Bama right. before that. I more think prepared that had a, guys. More guys yeah, that would be prepared for think, the NFL. I, I think they had, and I also think they thought Wentz was going to be, you know, bounce back and not have a disaster of a season like he did. And Hertz was just going to be the kid that learned from him and came in like we said with the package, a couple packages for him, put him that way, and then just all hell broke loose. The offensive line just let Wentz down in a big way. He was, I mean, he wasn't good either, but he got he got the hell kicked out. A lot of that had to do with the offensive line, not just him. And I think we'll talk about it later, but I think he he's going to bounce back with the Colts. But that's a that's a one of the reasons I think last year, and it's going to happen this year too. Like Trey Lance, there's nothing you do. You have no film. You hardly have any film on the guy. Like you're going the one game you watched that everyone watched, and there were 40 scouts there. He didn't play well, you know. And but you look at his numbers: 42 touchdowns and no picks in two in in his uh, 2019 season is ridiculous. You look at that and you're like, you you want to you want to be a part of that? Some of these teams, especially if there's no process where you're gonna you know you're, you there's no combine. All these pro days. This is one thing I'll say, and it has a lot to do with hurts too. All these pro days. The, everything at a pro day is made for the, the guy, whoever the main guy is, the players, to be comfortable. The combine is the, where everyone is uncomfortable. That's why the combine is way more important than any pro day there is. The only pro day I've ever seen where I've re, re, it made me change my mind about somebody like was Josh Allen. Josh Allen, his pro day was out of control. He was And he was overthrowing his guys. That's how good his arm was but his receivers at Wyoming just don't have the talent to catch up to the ball but you saw how good he was throwing the football and I was like this guy is going to be an absolute stud and it turned out he's it took him a while but he's starting to become that but I but the combine 
everything's uncomfortable. They ask you these horrible questions. They, they, they don't let you sleep. They do everything they can for the whole week to make you feel uncomfortable. They want to see the worst and the best out of you. They want to, they want to see what kind of toughness you have, how you can answer things on the fly, questions like that. You're not seeing that the last two – well, last year they did it, but there was no pro day. This year, no, no combine and a pro day. So right, that so, has so a lot to do with it. That has a go, lot to do with it. Let's go back to the Eagles real quick. I got one more question for you, and then uh, we'll have Andrew move on to, to pick number 13 with the Chargers. How big a mistake do you think it was for the Eagles to move back in this draft and not stay at six? I don't think it was that bad. I think they know their roster's not that good, and they, they needed to add some draft capital. I think, they, I think they're going to do it again. I think that's why I have Lance in that spot, really. If the Eagles take him, I'm, it'll be amazing. I'd look like a genius. I don't think they're going to. I think somebody is going to take him in that spot, and the Eagles are going to move back and get even more draft capital. They need okay. it. Their so they, roster is so horrible. This is a doozy, and this is an email that comes from a buddy of mine, Frank. Oh, and- wait. Hold on a second. Wait. Wait. <laughs> you know what? I actually went to Italy, got a slice of pizza, got back from <laughs> Italy, and I still didn't finish reading Frank Calabro's email. It's a long one. <laughs> All right, and I'm ready. He is pouring his heart out about oh, how wait. disgruntled he is. Let, let me just say something, things. Andrew. Calabro is a paisan. Paisan. There's something that we call short and sweet and get to the point. <laughs> we know you're a disgruntled Eagle fan here. so. <laughs> but you know this, what? We, this is not one of those we, we appreciate We appreciate the email, and I'm only joshing with you, but – it is funny. We, we, were, we were laughing about it. Go ahead, Andrew. All right. So his email reads, good evening, Andrew and Rob. Now, he was oh, no, not- you didn't read the subject line. Uh, oh, the subject line. That's right. A disgruntled <laughs> scumbag. That is what the subject line of this email is. <laughs> and he says, good evening, Andrew and Rob. What am, I, am I, what, oh, what am I, a mirage? Look, look we, we, can't, we can't read this whole email. It'll, we'd have to carry over a second podcast. We're going to have to probably cut it short, Andrew. A little we can bit. do the whole thing. He goes, all I ever wanted was for, for those two chuckleheads, Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, to draft somebody from Alabama. At number six, it was all but guaranteed to get either Jones, Waddle, Smith, or Sertan. All positional needs this team needs desperately, and all guys that I consider that can make an impact on day one. Not to mention that Doug Peterson, God rest his soul, literally crucified himself to move up for that sixth pick just for Lurie and Roseman to light it on fire, drop back to number 12, and now there's rumors that Roseman is making numerous phone calls to get back into the top 10. Can someone please explain to me what is going on with this franchise? I've suffered through the horrific end days of Andy Reid, and I barely survived the Chip Kelly era. But honestly, I've never felt this hopeless going into a season in this god-awful NFC East. At this point, I'm completely disgusted and have no clue what direction this team is trying to go. All I want is a wide receiver from Alabama, but if there's one thing the Eagles do, it's overcomplicate drafts. So I'd love to know what direction you guys think they're going to go, because I'm starting to get the feeling we're going to reach for some bum that no one's ever heard of. Let me of. ask you something, Andrew. Wait, let me, let how me just... Old, how old is he? How old is this kid? He's my age. He's 23. I was okay, gonna say so he, does, forget- so he doesn't know he doesn't know who Mike Mamula, he doesn't know who Mike Mamula is because the Eagles took Mike Mamula once. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. He had a good combine. Wait a second. So he doesn't just- know it. And they're three years, they are four years removed from a Super Bowl. Well, that's Stop. what he says. He says it blows that's my mind. Exactly, that's it, what my, my point blows was. my you mind that three years ago I was freezing to death outside the art museum celebrating a Super Bowl victory, which is clear to me. That that was divine intervention, considering what an absolute dumpster fire this franchise has become. Yes, the other twenty-seven teams in the yeah, really enjoy it. Yes, the other twenty-seven teams in the league, if they'd like to have a Super Bowl in the last yes, Super Jeff Bowl in the last four years, talk to some you Jeff know, fans. Nobody's going to feel that sorry for him. They just I, and they won the Super Bowl in the most unbelievable way with the backup quarterback. I mean, come on. Let's, yeah, it was, I, just, I, it was just a total fluke. <laughs> <laughs> 
a Philly special. My God. Come on. I mean, you know, come on. You can't feel, feel that bad about it. It's what's going to happen. The but I, said the, I told the direction that they, they are going to move back again because their roster right. is bad and they're going to rebuild. There right. you go. And You're they welcome. would do, listen, they would do for this. The Eagles were good for a long time. Well, yeah, let's they just, were. Let's just they were go, good for a long time. Let's just go with one part of that question that I think is just insanely uh, head scratching, to say the least. Is that now, and we talked about this, now you're hearing rumors that Roseman is making numerous phone calls to get back into the top 10. Why in the hell would they be trying to get back into the top 10 after trading back from six? I don't know. These rumors, the teams lie. Teams deliberately yeah. lie. They, they deliberately lie. Yeah. They want they want you to put this out there and to take you off the scent of what they're really going to do. All right, so let's let's get off the Eagles already. We spent enough time on them. We're going to go to the Chargers, Andrew. And we obviously know how Tommy feels about Rashawn Slater. Obviously, that's a good slot for him right there with the Chargers, looking to protect Herbert and and trying to rebuild that offensive line where they sign. You know, they they signed your boy Matt Filer. They signed the center in free agency. Well, um, what's his? Uh, uh, Lindsley. They saw Corey Lindsley from the Packers. They signed him free agency. So they made two good pickups there. They further secured the offensive line with Slater, who, as Tommy said, can move all around the offensive line. So guys have at it. I mean, look, Justin Herbert's a stud. We know that. So, I mean, look, good pick for them there, I guess. Well, I'm here now. I'm hearing late that they're they're they really like Pipkins. They're the kid they uh, took two years ago. But I mean, I don't see it. That kid. I, they still need a, another a left tackle. I don't know if it's going to be Slater right away, because they. But I would, and they have Quisenberry. They took a couple years ago, but this guy's better than these guys by far. You know what I mean? They have Bulaga, very good right tackle. They still need the left tackle help. I think you could put this kid anywhere, but he could excel at left tackle. And I think right away, I really think that. But let's let's like you were saying, Rob. Don't rule out that if Penny Sewell drops, that this team comes up for him, because yeah, we know Justin Herbert. We know me. Justin Herbert loves him. I yeah, think it's that's his any, guy. I think it's going to be alignment, whoever it is. It could be Slater. It could be. Uh, it could be Sewell. Could be Vera Tucker. I don't know because he's more. He's really more of a guard. Could be the kid from Oklahoma State. Um, what the hell's the kid's name? Uh, Jesus, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin, Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins. Um, so it. I think I think this pick has to be left tackle. They have all they have a lot of weapons for Herbert. Good running game with Eckler. The defense is very good already. This team is close. This team's another team that's close. It's just it's tough. They're in a real tough division. It's hard to get past Mahomes, but they could compete for a wild card. And if they take a guy that they can plug in right away on that line, it only helps them. Well, you have another lineman that you just mentioned, Elijah Vera Tucker. You have him going next to the Vikings at number 14. Yes. Look, the Vikings are kind of just in, in – they're in limbo, right? I mean, parts of their roster are good. Parts of their roster are not so good. As good as their roster is, they're not going very far with Kirk Cousins. So, I honestly think that it's time to, to totally rebuild in Minnesota. But uh, you have them sure enough the offensive line to keep Kirk, Kirk Cousins on his feet. What do you like about Vera Tucker? Because this is actually – and I'm not saying that I give uh, – more validity to any other mock drafts other than yours, Tommy, but this is one of the highest slots I've seen Vera Tucker pick that. So why do you think so high at number 14 here? I think just like Slater, he's very, and there's a few of these guys in this draft, which is impressive, but he's very versatile. He started his career as a, uh, as a guard at, at um, USC. And he was an old PAC 12 first team selection at guard. Then they moved him to tackle and he was very good at tackle last year. 
So you get a guy like that, that's special, especially he's not in some cupcake. Pac-12 is a good division. You know, it's good, good conference. They have good defenses. They have pros and, you know, a lot of people say Isaiah Wynn. That's the guy, that's the comparison I've seen all over the place for, for uh, Vera Tucker, which is a very good player. That's a guy that will start from day one. What about this and, scenario? What about mm-hmm. this scenario, Tommy? The Vikings move up to the Eagles slot and they take Trey Lance. Or yeah, if the Eagles I mean, don't take if the Eagles don't take him and Trey Lance drops to the Vikings at that 14 pick, you do you do you think that the Vikings would take a Trey Lance? Because isn't that not the perfect situation? You have the veteran quarterback and cousins. Lance could sit there for a year, do what he's got to do, learn about the NFL more, get some more experience, and they got their quarterback of the future, possibly the Vikings. It's, I mean, I could see Lance going anywhere in these. It's that's what's crazy about this draft. Like he could go anywhere in the net from, from where we are now at seventeen. Oh, what are we at? What are we at? Fifteen. Well, right now we're at fourteen. I, I'm sorry. Four, anywhere from fourteen down to like seven or six, he could go. It's crazy. Like any spot he could go. I just think that the Vikings like her cousins a lot better than America does. You know what I mean? And you look at his numbers. He actually put up really good numbers last year. I, I'm one of the people that doesn't think he's that good. I really just don't. I think that's – and Serv- I, He's serviceable. That's he's he serviceable. And a, and a lot of people compare Mac Jones to him, which, listen, if that's the wor- – I think that's the worst-case scenario. That's not terrible. But is he going to win a Super Bowl with the Vikings? No. But if you put him on the Niners, Kirk Cousins, like we were talking about before. But, you know, that's what if. Um, their roster's not ready to rebuild yet. Not when you have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Irv Smith on the offense. So they're not rebuilding. So their defense was bad last year. Zimmer admitted it, said it was the worst year, but they have talent. They have guys like uh, Daniel Hunter's really good edge rusher. But they, I still think they need to keep Kirk Cousins upright because he takes a beating. Okay, and we'll go on to the New England Patriots, and this could be a fascinating uh, um, position here with the Patriots because if they have the opportunity to move up, you're hearing that they may, may be looking to go into the top 10 and maybe grab one of these quarterbacks if they start falling like we were saying. So you have them taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback, who actually went under uh, went under the knife at a young age. He had to already have a micro disectomy already. And I said the word, baby. I said it. Nice. <laughs> you got it. You hit it. He already, exactly. he, had to, he already had to have a surgery on his back already. Uh, as a young player, is there any concern with the Patriots having to take Farley in that slot, Tommy, where you have them taking them? Yeah, no, there's big time, big time concerns. But I think he's the most talented cornerback in the draft. One thing I like about him, and I, I think Belichick likes stuff like this too. He, well, he was he was recruited as a quarterback in high school. Then when he came to um, to Virginia Tech, he was a receiver and did well. And then they moved him to corner. So what that says is. He, can, he knows already. He has the wide receiver mindset. So when he's covering these guys, he's already has that mindset where he knows the kind of, you know, what moves they might make, what, what routes they might run as the cornerback. So that's big. But the injury, the injury concerns is very, very valid. And you know what? I give, I give up on trying to figure out what Belichick's going to do. I, I, you just don't know. A- Andrew, put your, Andrew, put your bill, Andrew, put your Bill Belichick hat on right now. Do you, do you take Caleb Farley in that slot? And if maybe you're looking for a corner because you're hearing from all accounts that they're looking to maybe move on from, from uh, Stephon Gilmore, the Pro Bowl cornerback and probably maybe future Hall of Fame cornerback. But uh, do you take J.C. Horn ahead of Farley in that slot, Andrew? 
Uh, J.C. Horn is not even close to being as good as Caleb Farley. I think the gap between Sertan, Farley, and Horn is a lot people than bigger thing, a lot bigger than people think. And I was actually watching tape on Farley today because I kept saying to myself, "I'm like, why is everyone so enamored with this guy with the back injuries and him being having to undergo surgery at such a young age already?" And I watched the tape, and now I finally realize what everyone's so enamored with. I mean, he might be if. if I don't think I'm making a bold statement by saying this. If he never underwent surgery, I wouldn't be surprised if he was regarded higher than Sertan in this draft, to be honest hmm. with you. I mean, he's he, that, yeah, he would be. That, he he's would that be. talented. You're 100% so right. I think Farley is the pick over Horn here, especially if they're going with cornerback. Gilmore's another year older, making a lot of money. They might part ways with him. So, But, again, if Lance does not go or Fields does not go, it's prime position for New England maybe to get a quarterback. But, I mean, who knows? Because we've been saying that. We've been saying that with the Patriots for years now. I mean, we thought that they were going to draft Jacob Eason. You know, we thought that they might try to move up in last year's draft and take something like we thought that they might go with Jordan Love. I mean, the conversation comes up every year and Belichick just has his mindset on one thing and nobody knows what that thing is until he makes the pick. So it's impossible to sit here and try to guess. And I listen, I made the mistake again. I get I'm trying to guess. I'm trying to guess what he's going to do. And in the second round, I, I second round, I have them taking Davis Mills. The Stanford quarterback the Stanford who's rising, quarterback. Up, rising up draft boards. And, you know, a lot of people think he could be, I mean, Andrew Luck, if he's that good. But I mean, that's with the Stanford comparisons. He could be that good. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that. But I would say like a Jimmy, a better version of Jimmy G is what I think. And Belichick loves Jimmy G. We know that already. So I think second round. But I'm, that Patriot roster is so loaded with these guys coming back. They're going to be good again. No, everybody's forgetting about that, man. They, they had a lot of guys opt out. Man. Yeah. It really did. And They're going to be good again. Andrew, maybe, doesn't believe, Andrew doesn't believe it, but I'm telling gr- you. We believe it, Tommy. You know, we're believers in it. But yeah, we all drink, believe it. Drink the Kool-Aid. Drink the everybody's, Kool-Aid. Everybody's got their own opinion on that. All right, so we move on to the Arizona Cardinals. You have them taking J.C. Horn, the cornerback. Obviously, they Patrick Peterson went and go. He went to go sign with the Vikings. They did sign Malcolm Butler in free agency, who I think is one of the most overrated cornerbacks in the league. He made one big play in his lifetime, and and that propelled him to you know a big contract. He did not play well with the Titans, so cornerback is certainly a need for Arizona here. Why the cornerback, Tommy? Just like you said, I, I you know we talk about best player available, but I think corner is what they really need. I mean. They have they brought in a they signed Connor so they shore up the running game a little bit and I like I like their depth at running back too because you got guys like Eno Benjamin who I loved coming out last year he's he's gonna he's a uh, could be an explosive back in his second year Chase uh, what's his name Chase Edmonds did a good job last year with injuries they got good receivers AJ Green doesn't have to be the number one guy anymore I mean I I think he, and I agree with you Rob I think he's past his prime but Christian Kirk is really good. And that, of course, Hopkins is the best. I just think I'm looking at the roster. I don't see that many holes, I think. But the biggest hole is definitely corner. I mean, Byron Murphy's good. Like you said, after Butler is not that great. After that, it's a lot of pedestrian guys. I think it's just a good fit. But I do think, like I said, I think they could trade up and, and try to get that, you know, another wide receiver. They don't really believe in A.J. Green. Now you put Jalen Waddle and Hopkins on the field together after that trade. That's that's pretty special. I, I posed this question to Andrew last week, and I'm going <clears> to ask <throat> you, Tommy. What's your thought process on on Kyler Murray? I mean, what's what's his ceiling to you? you I know? hated. I couldn't. I hated the pick coming out. I know. I first of all, I think Cliff Kingsbury stinks as a head coach. I don't know I how agree. he got the head. I don't know how he got the head coaching job. It boggles my mind. 
has a lot to do with he's a good looking dude and he's you know he's a charismatic but you don't win championships with that i mean it's i just don't get it i don't get it and murray i, I didn't i thought that pick was ridiculous but he proved me wrong he looked really good as a rookie but on that, again he's he is going to get his ass kicked he and you know another another place where offensive line but i don't know they're going to be gone the top guys Probably. You know what? His style of play, Tommy, I don't even know if a stout offensive line is going to help him. Yeah, they might not. Up. Yeah, it's just he, his he style just of play. He runs place. away. He yeah. doesn't know when to call it quits. You know, right. he's very reckless for his for a guy his size. That's concerning. But again, you know, it's the same thing with RG3, right? RG3 had those knee injuries and all of a sudden everyone's yeah. like, well, you need to stop moving around. Well, moving around is what made him so talented. And it's the right. same thing with Kyler Murray. You try to get him to deviate from that. He's yeah. not going to be as good. You think if Kyler Murray drops back and throws 35 passes from the pocket that he's winning you any games? Absolutely no. not. You, you I think just, he's, be, I think he's better than RG3, but I think he's still in that category where he can, he's, he's bound to get hurt. Any day, right. it's going to happen. That's, you know? that's what I say. You know, you, you got to watch a kid like that, man. He's reckless. I mean, he's terrific to watch. He's an all-world talent. But, you know, a kid like that, I mean, he's, he's short. Although he play, he looks like he could try and play the game big. But I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. But he is a talented kid. So we'll go on to the Raiders. And I'm shocked you haven't taken an offensive tackle considering they jettisoned basically their whole offensive line in his offseason. No, so, but yeah. You were talking about how they got rid of Incognito, but he's still on the roster, I think, isn't he? They brought him back. They just brought yeah, they him brought back. They just brought him back. So he's a guard anyway. They got rid of a few guys there. So no, they did, but they look and, at their right tackle. They have then they have no right tackles. They need a guy. I think, no, no, no. I, I agree think, with the pick. I agree with yeah, the pick. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. think they have to they have to stop Mayak's gotta stop reaching for these crazy guys that he loves on his board. And just like I say in the in the in the mock. Keep it simple, stupid. Just pick the guy that he's the best available guy there, and I, you know, it's just a good fit for them. They need an, they need an. Offensive they gotta have tackle. an offensive line. They need you know? an offensive. They need an offensive lineman. Period. They got yeah. rid of the center. They traded Gabe Jackson. So you know, Listen, they, they need de- they need defense too. Though I'm not saying yeah. I disagree with the pick. They need a, they need a lot. They do, they do need a lot. But that's what day two's for. You know what I mean? There's got there's no a doubt. lot of man. I was man. I, I when I was doing round two, there's still. Even after I did round two, there's so many defensive guys left. There's still you know edge what? rushers upon edge rushers. You know there's what a day lot two, of corners left. You know what day two is for, Tommy? Day what? two is for selecting the players that make Mike Mayock usually selects on day one. <laughs> That's, exactly. You're right. Guys like Damon Arnett that he could have gotten in round yeah. three. Cleveland but he drafts him in, in a, in a, in a yeah, top 20. Right. It's unbelievable. Right. It's unbelievable. Right, so yeah. at, at the 18 pick with the Dolphins, you got your first edge rusher going off the board, Tom. And I know you love this guy, Aziz Ojolari. So I'm in love with this guy. I, I know. And you, you, you're Listen, when we, when, we, when we went to dinner at Lestrade, I showed you some tape yeah. on him. And you guys loved him. And even Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Shine was loving it. Now, but he, here's what I'm hearing today. Later, like 4 or 5 o'clock, I heard. A lot of teams are taking him off the board because his knee is, he has a bulky knee, red flag, but I still think, I, I think he's, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Some teams are going to take him off the board. There's teams that take everyone off the, don't have him on the board, but there's a team, one team that definitely has him on the top of their board. They're going to take him. That's all it takes. And I think this kid's going to be special, little undersized, but in a three, four defense, he's, he's really going to be good. He, you saw it. He, he's just, he makes, he wreaks havoc in the backfield. It, he doesn't always get the sack, but he just makes things happen. And yeah, he makes a lot of so noise. Much, yeah, I love it. I love the kid. Really love it. I would love the Giants to draft back and take this kid, but I don't think they're going to do that. 
So I think here at the Dolphins, cousin Chris, you're welcome. Aziz Aljolari. Stuff. With, with the Dolphins' second first round pick. So Chase yes, Aljolari yes. would be a good hole, but a good haul. But really again, nice. really nice. The only thing with me is that, you know, the offensive line still needs to be addressed a little bit. And the only reason I bring this up is just because with the very next pick, you have the Washington football team taking Tevin Jenkins. And so, you know, again, I, I, do, I, but you know, I, I did. I, I know I'm not going to bring up the same thing that Rob brought up before because I know the way you do this mock draft. But could you see I, a scenario in which Miami would try to shore up the offensive line and grab a guy like Jenkins or a guy like Darisaw if the Raiders are not taking him? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think they're going to do it on day two because there's a few guys from big schools that are still out there on day two at offensive line that they're going to, you know, that they'll address it then. I think there's still a little. Uh, little weary after Johnson last year, late in the first round. So I think they'll go other directions that they need to do. And then day two, they'll get a guy that, you know, that still is very valuable with first round talent that, that I have them taken, which we'll talk about later if we go to round two. Yeah. So we've been talking about Trey Lance before and how you can see him go anywhere. This is really a team that intrigues me is the Washington football team going at 19. Now you have them taking Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma state, but, you also put in here in red lettering, you say if Trey Lance somehow starts falling, don't be surprised if Washington tries to trade up. Strong rumors that Rivera is enamored with him. And to me, Washington would make what is one of those teams that makes the most sense for a guy like Lance. Just because Perfect they sense. have the placeholder with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have the talented roster, good defense. Lance can sit behind and learn from a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if there's anyone you want to sit behind, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the most talented quarterback in the world, but I mean, he's an Ivy school, an Ivy League grad. I mean, he's a sm- he's smart as a whip. So if you want a young, inexperienced quarterback to learn the ins and outs and the nuances of the NFL game, Fitzpatrick is the guy you're going to want him to sit behind. It's the perfect scenario if the Washington football team can't call him the Redskins anymore. If they, if if you know, if he starts to fall, which could happen, even any quarterback starts to fall. Fields, they they should jump up and get him because. Listen, Taylor Heineke looked great in that playoff game, but I mean, listen, they had no tape on the guy. They don't know what he, people are going to catch up to him. Fitzy's only there for one year. They need to get a guy. They need to draft somebody, and I wouldn't be shocked if they move up. But I, but I've, I'm where I heard that was Lombardi, and I, you know, whatever he says is gospel to me. He was saying Rivera is real big on Trey Lance, so if that opportunity happens, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. So here's another team that could use the quarterback help. Obviously, well, the, the Bears. What well, what makes you say the Bears? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, they have it's, two, it's only been, it's only been, Hall of Famers on the, it's only the been 35 room. years since they've had a quarterback. I mean. <laughs> Unreal. Well, you know, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I don't know about you guys, but Andy Dalton and Nick Foles doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. And I don't think anybody <laughs> is enamored with that. quarterback. I mean, why not just keep Trubisky at that point? Yeah. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy's enamored with him uh, apparently, which is well, just no one is enamored oh. with Matt Nagy. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's enamored with Matt Nagy. That's <laughs> no. for sure. yeah. well, I don't know how. Greg I don't Newsom. know how he still. I don't know how he and Cliff Kingsbury is still coaching the NFL. It's just two, two questions for the ages. But you have them taking yep. a quarterback, Greg Newsom, uh, out of yes. Northwestern. And yep. again, I told you before that I was looking at tape on all of these cornerbacks because Caleb Farley was really the guy that I wanted to see up close and personal. And obviously you go down a YouTube rabbit hole, you start watching a bunch of different tapes. And I was watching tape on Greg Newsom. And I got to tell you, he's another guy that he doesn't necessarily have the experience. He doesn't have a ton of reps, but the reps that he does have, uh, he looks tremendous. 
He's awesome. He's, he's real good. He's smooth. And and that game I talked about before about how Justin Fields did not look good against Ohio State. Yeah. Part of the reason why, I mean, he's trying to uncork the ball down the field. Greg Newsom is outrunning Ohio State's speedy receivers. Yeah. I mean, they he's, let got, him, he's got such great speed. It's unreal. Yeah. He's really good. The problem with this, the thing about him and why he probably drops to the twenties is because he's he's very injury prone. Like every yeah, year, every year of his career, he's missed at least three games. But I th- I just think it's the perfect fit. He's a Chicago kid. He went to Northwestern. He was born in in Illinois. The, I mean, the Bears need the Bears definitely need another guy. At Trufant's getting old. Johnson's good. Well, they also got, they, they also they, dumped, they, they, Artie Burns. They got Artie Burns, but he's they not doing Kyle anything. Fuller. Oh, they dumped Kyle Fuller. Yeah, with Fuller's, Artie Burns. I hate that no, guy. They, what a bust. I know. You, he's a former Steeler, but that's who they signed. So they need another guy to shore up that. Because they believe Dalton. They think they, they might make the playoffs with Dalton. That's why they took him. That's incredible. And, they think they struck gold with Andy Dalton, which is just. I, they probably do. Well, they Maybe also dumped Kyle. They also dumped Kyle Fuller, you know, which was crazy. Yeah, and they should, look. Crazy. They should have. They should have signed Allen Robinson. They shouldn't have put him on a franchise tag. It would have. It would have freed up money for them. But is what it is with this team and this organization. And I tell you the truth, I think they're stuck in the muck for a few years. Well, while we're on the Bears, I heard this rumor from some, from reliable places I read. Now that the Ravens have two picks in that first late in that first round, maybe they use one to try to get Allen Robinson. That would be interesting. So be, look, be on the lookout for that. Hmm. Well, hey, listen, for who, anything's for who, possible. Tommy? I missed Allen, Allen Robinson. What team? So, oh, Ravens. The Ravens, because they, they made the trade for Orlando Brown. They right. got a, Now they have two first-round picks pretty much back-to-back almost. I tell yeah. you, that's so a type of receiver the Ravens could use, because I was thinking – was thinking a before big the, target. I was thinking before the Giants signed him, I was thinking they'd go after Galladay, but – What do they have, what do they have the Ravens, a, 29 and 31? Makes a hell of a lot of sense, uh, yes. Yeah. 27 and 31, 27 or 29. Yeah. But it makes a hell of a lot of sense, Allen Robinson. They can use a receiver like him because I'll be yeah, honest. Twenty-seven, thirty-one. They have no receivers whatsoever. The Ravens. Hollywood Brown is very overrated. Uh, oh, you know, and this enough. is this is part of the reason why this draft is so intriguing because on top of all the people who opted out because of COVID concerns, there's also a ton of guys with a world of talent who are injury prone, and you have another one coming off the board here at number twenty-one, and that's Jalen Phillips. Nice segue. That's an impressive segue. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Jalen Phillips, (laughs) you have going 21st to the Colts. Yeah. Big thing with Jalen Phillips, and we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, is is all the concussion concerns. Not only that. Not only that. He had four concussions. He broke his wrist running his moped. He hurt his ankle. He had to retire from from college football. UCLA said, you can't play football anymore. And then he came back and he dominated with Miami. So that's that's what impresses me. But you got to look at the four concussions. Very, very. This kid's a that's top concerning. 10 talent. This kid's a top 10 talent by far. He's the best head rusher talent-wise in the draft. And that's saying a lot because he, he's on a team that had Greg Rousseau, who's also an, another guy. But he, I think Rousseau is hurt from the uh, from opting out. Some of these guys, won't it won't hurt them. Some guys it will. But Jalen Phillips was so good this year. Can he hang on? Can he? Can he? He's, now he's going to the NFL where a lot bigger guys on the offensive line could be hitting him. So I don't know, but it's a good spot for the Colts who don't need too many. They don't have too many holes. They can afford to take a risk on a guy like Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Hi, listen, you know, it's tremendous upside, but again, it's the health. It's the concussions that are a concern. Yeah. 
Scary. And that's a major concern. And look, with the edge rushes, there's better value in them at the back half of this draft where they become better picks than it is at the front part of this draft because you got a couple of more guys coming up. Next right. team you have is the Tennessee Titans take, taken from uh, our, our our favorite team in college, Tommy Notre Dame, Lion oh, yeah. Eichenberg, the offensive tackle. So and right. that kind of makes sense. But they did lose a lot of talent in free agency with John o. Smith, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. So, you know, you, you didn't go, you didn't go with, with, a, with an offensive uh, um, a player here in, in a wide receiver tight end. You went with the offensive tackle. They still have Derrick Henry there. So why the offensive tackle there, Tommy? I just think around this time, you kind of, you know, now this one, I, I'm being honest. I'm guessing I'm throwing on, this is like a Hail Mary. This is one of those times, like you, you always see it on draft night, like late in the twenties, there's a guy that, you know, just it comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? And I think they need help with the offensive line. You still got to protect Tannehill. He's not getting any younger. Taylor Luan's a beast, but he gets hurt too much, you know, so they, they need some depth. They got a good line, but that right tackle's a little leaky. Kendall Lamb doesn't do anything for me. So I think this kid comes in and he could start right away. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it'll solidify their line with Taylor Luan on the left side who had gotten hurt last year. Here's the, um, th- here's, here's, here's the reason. Eichenberg is the cleanest offensive tackle in this draft, which right. means he has no weaknesses. He has no, he's not the, like, he's not the most talented. He has not, right. not the most strength, but he has no weaknesses. Like he's solid. Right. That's he's why solid. I, uh, he's a Tennessee type guy. Meat plug him in, you don't, plug him in, you don't worry about him. Plug him right. in, you don't worry about him. But you know, right. they, as you mentioned, they did sign Josh Reynolds, who I'm high on. I, I love that Josh was a, Reynolds. That was a love very, him. I thought that was a very under radar signing for them to replace Corey Davis, who really, yeah, never, never lived up to that that potential None. that he had. Guys, he, he has broken broken my heart for years. I loved him out yeah. of Texas A&M. I take him every year in fantasy at the end of the draft. I take him in DraftKings for three thousand dollars, and he never does anything for me. So, all right. So we'll move on then to the Jets. Well, and- actually, before you before we move on, real quick, Tommy. Well, actually, it's a yeah. good segue into the Jets because what I was going to say is, I wouldn't give up on Corey Davis yet. Maybe you should buy some stock in, in his uh, in him in DraftKings because he's got your buddy Zach Wilson throwing him the ball this year. There you go. Uh-huh. Listen, <laughs> listen. I, I hope I'm wrong on Zach Wilson, but I just think I just you got to listen. Five quarterbacks are getting taken in the first round. One of them is going to be a bust. Probably two, probably three. That's how it goes. Go find me a draft where every quarterback was great in the first round. Never happens. You know what so I mean? Any, you got to pick so one of them. We're going to move on to the Jets who have their second pick. That came from the Jamal Adams trade from the Seattle Seahawks. And we right. do have a fan question here, Matthew Monica. Um, hi, fellas. Love the draft news and nuggets. <clears throat> I am big, big fan of your annual draft show. Also a heavy listener to the podcast, too. He's typically not a pro running back in the first two rounds. But if there's a huge drop-off in this class, you're not likely to find a starter in the late rounds. Does Joe Douglas take ATN if he's still there at number 34? Now, you have the Jets going with Quidey Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan, another guy who's better value here at this slot than he would be earlier in the draft. But you can't. You I guess you don't see the Jets who need a running back. I mean, I know they drafted Lamichael Perrine last year, and you know, in the fourth round, and we don't know what he is because obviously Adam Gase had to play. You know, had to do is give us the Frank Gore show. Well, we're not we seen that over the last. We're not going years. too far in depth to round two, but Tommy does have ETN going to the Jets in round two at thir- at thirty four. Okay, so he has him going thirty four. But what I was going to say is the best running back on the board there probably would be Najee Harris, who have been compared to guys like Le'Veon Bell. 
you see the Jets passing on Najee Harris, obviously, for Quitey Pay. How come? I just think, and a good question by Fat Matt, that's who we call him, but he's really not fat. We just call him Fat Matt. Great kid. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just think the fit's better in the second round. I think I think only one running back's going to go, and the, I think Quitty Pay staring the Jets in the face like that with all that talent, like he's – He's one of, he might be the most talented player in the draft. And you know, Salah wants one of those type of guys that could disrupt everything. So I think if pace slips like this far, which might not happen, but if it does, I think they take, they take the big defensive stud that could change the game first and then second round. Cause there's a lot of good running backs on day two. So I got I got to tell you, take- I know that, I know that they got to take the quarterback. Well, they don't have to, but they're going to take the quarterback at number two and they certainly need a running back. But listen, you heard that there was a little bit of a disagreement as far as what to do with Sam Darnold, and Joe Douglas had the final say, and Salah gave in, and, you know, it was cordial. There wasn't any butting of heads. But I, I think I agree with you, Tommy. If you have a guy like Pace in here at 23, I think Salah and his defensive background is going to step in, and he's going to say, listen, this is the type of guy I want on my yeah, He wants guy you have to get. This is a Robert Salah I mean, guy. I just think <laughs> – if you wanted to make the picture perfect highlight tape, you take Quiddy Pay and his highlights at Michigan, and right after he makes a big play, you cut over to the sidelines with Rob Salah oh. going absolutely bonkers. Love. It's like the perfect marriage. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, it's it's too good to pass up. But as right, good so as good as I I love I love Harris is very high on my draft board, my big board. I love the guy, but I think the Jets. They're gonna, I think they like pay better. I think it just fits better. And then we segue right into Andrew's team. Listen, I have no no problem with you being wrong with every single other pick in this draft. As long as question. you're right about pick number 24. Quick question on, on the quitty pay pick. Yeah. Because of the injury concerns with Jalen Phillips. And again, mm-hmm. I know I know it's not in your mind so much. You're thinking what the Colts might do. But wouldn't it make more sense for the Colts to take quitty pay? And, and take the question out of it as far as the injury history that Jalen Phillips does have. Because like Andrew was just saying, you look at Quiddy Pay's uh, tape and you look at his play in college. Yeah. And, and he's the type of guy that you want. Why wouldn't it be Quiddy Pay and not Jalen Phillips? You know what I mean? Or is it that you're trying to say, well, even with the injuries and concussions, if he stays healthy, Jalen Phillips' heal- ceiling is so much higher than Quiddy Pay. I wouldn't say it's so much higher, but it is higher. Okay. But here's what I love about Pay, and I think might, he might even go to New England because he's so versatile. He's a guy that he could play – obviously, he's the edge rusher, but he could play linebacker. And they even uh, – Michigan even moved him to nose tackle for a couple plays. You know what I mean? So he could play anywhere on the field. He could probably even play safety if you want to put him back there. I mean, he's just one of those guys that could play everywhere. Very valuable. Sometimes those guys get lost in the shuffle. We saw Simmons drop back a little bit last year. Because of it, the kid from Notre Dame, who I love uh, this year, Owusu, is another guy that does that. But pay, you know, that it's hard. You could go, you just got to make it, when you're making the mock, you got to make the decision. You're going to be wrong most of the time, but that's just how I, how I had it drop him. And, you know, Phillips ahead of pay, pay, very close, could be, it's a toss up. So you don't know. All right. So we're going to get, uh, you know, and, and all right. So, so my, my co-host here, Andrew, big Steeler fan, as everybody knows that listening to this podcast, obviously diehard Steeler fan, it's Najee Harris here, Andrew. And 
you know, from, from all accounts, every single thing that you read, it's basically Najee Harris, Najee Harris, Najee Harris. Quick, a quick question to you I got to pose. They lost Villanueva. They lost Phyla. Pouncey retired. Wouldn't it make, would it make sense for them here to take – is there is there an offensive uh, uh, tackle there or even a guard there that would make sense, Tommy, and Alex Leatherwood, or one of these types of guys, to plug in at that offensive line and help the offensive line and help block for Ben Roethlisberger instead of taking the running back? Would it make more sense to take – the offensive lineman as opposed to the running back here. Let me, for both let, me, you guys. let me preface your answer first, Tommy, and let me just yeah. say, as a Steelers fan, they'd right. be better off with four offensive linemen and no left tackle than they would be with Al Villanueva in the fold. I mean, he was that historically bad last season. Right. It, it was unfathomable. So, yeah, well, um, I, I mean... They're going to need to address it, but... Well, to answer your question, Rob, yeah, and I, I agree with Andrew. I, I agree with you, Rob. I looked at the offensive line even after I had – because I've had Harris to them for a while. I hate that everybody has it. I just hate that because, you know, usually when everybody thinks something, it's, the opposite happens. But you look at that line, and it is putrid. It is awful. I mean, Andrew, am I wrong, am I wrong for saying that? Zach Banner is your left tackle? That's miserable. Well, I'm actually high on Zach Banner, but he's coming off a torn ACL, so you need some sort of security. But they lost Pouncey. They lost Filer, who was sort of a swingman. David DeCastro is in his mid-30s now. He's, uh, I mean, DeCastro's your best lineman, Deca- obviously. Right, but well, at this point in DeCastro's career, he's, he's not an all-pro anymore. The right, only offensive right. – the only offensive – they they drafted a kid in the fifth round last year from Louisiana Tech, uh, Kevin, Kevin Dotson, Dotson yeah. who I like a lot. Um, and then the right tackle, Chooks Okorafor, he's another guy – from right. young. our favorite conference, who's young and has some upside. Yeah, but what, you can't afford to have young, inexperienced guys with some upside when you're trying to protect your 39-year-old quarterback. So it needs to be addressed. But in my opinion, I just think Harris is too good of a player. Uh, you, you hear, again, I know, Rob, I know you hate comparing guys. But, you know, normally you get these prospects where a lot of people give you insanely high ceilings, but then there's also people – that give you some really, really low ceilings and they're just not high on people. I mean, some of the comparisons I'm seeing for Najee Harris. I mean, I'm hearing people say Curtis Martin. I'm hearing Levy people Bell, say, I heard. I'm yeah. hearing people say Edgerin James. Yeah. I think Tommy actually comp. you said I Edgerin James is your my comp. comp I mean, my comp is Edgerin James and the good Todd Gurley. Right. I, I just think Harris is so is so electrifying. And look, the Steelers have a knack for finding hidden gems. At the later part well, of the listen, draft, they've I, never I done have, that with running back. Listen, though they've done I that with offensive them. line, but not running. I back. have them. I have them getting a hidden gem in round two at offensive line. So that's what. That's a, another reason why I like the Harris pick at twenty four, and I love Harris. I've heard him talk. The kid is smart as a whip. I'm telling you right now. Once he retires, he will be in the booth either as an analyst or in the studio on one of those football shows. That's how smart the kid is. He knows so much about even before coming into the NFL, he knew so much about all the coaches. He knows everything. He's so smart and he's a great teammate, tremendous teammate. You want to hear uh, the, the story a, about his unbelievable running back. Yeah. The and story about his character that stands out to me was his flight being canceled yeah, right. on Alabama's pro day. He wasn't even yeah. participating in the pro day. But because right. his flight got canceled, he decided to drive 10 hours and show up that's, at the pro day just to cheer that up. Was, that was impressive. That's, that's, that's the kind of guy I want on my team. And that's, that's talent aside. 
That story's in my the iPhone notes that I put at the end of the mock. It's in there. That's the story. That and that's exact what makes story. this. That's what makes me so nervous, Tommy. Because you take you take a kid with the talent that Harris has. You take a team with the hole at running back like the Steelers have. You take that high character and that workhorse mentality. That blue collar. It's, it's, steal, it's, it's a it's perfect Steelers steal to a pick. T, which just means it is not going to take is. them. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. You know I have a good history of picking Steeler picks, so let's hope. Let's hope. Yes, let's you hope gave I'm me right. Chase Claypool last week. Although I could, I could, I could take a little bit less of the TikToks and more touchdown catches. Yeah, well, he's very, he's very immature, which bothers me. But I love. I mean, the kid's talent is out the window. We know that. I mean, out, you know, off the charts. But you know, I think, I think Tommy's making a play to get, you know, to get more, more airtime on his podcast because last year he gives you Claypool, now he gives you Najee Harris. Before the, I knew in, him, before I even knew him, I gave in, him Marquise Pouncey. I mean, in the Jesus first Christ. round, you know, he, he knows how, how badly I wanted the wide receiver for the Giants. Gives me Devonta Listen, Smith over the, it, over the Rob, offense, over Slater. So he, Rob, yeah. you know, you know, Rob, you know, you're my probably one of my top three favorite people in the world. <laughs> I, it broke my heart to not give you Waddle, but listen, this, we got to do the mock the fine, right but way. Devontae Smith's fine. Playmaker. That's <laughs> All right, Tommy, okay. do oh me one God. last favor here. Give me, give the Rangers a playoff spot and give the Mets a new manager and you can get as much airtime right, as you want. I'm not a, I'm not a miracle worker. Jesus. By the way, because I know sometimes we segue out of things once in a while, but Lafreniere, just, I, I just scored a goal that was absolutely beautiful. Every single this goal he's been scoring recently has been a beautiful Absolutely. One. Right from the slot. I mean, top shelf, he's, beautiful. These kids are starting to heat up. It's getting interesting. Yeah, they're heating up. So, I don't, all right. So, <clears throat> you, you got the Jaguars next. They could probably all give you the best defensive tackle uh, um, um, in this draft from Alabama, Christian Bomo. Some people I actually have compared him to Dalvin Tomlinson, which is – not a bad comparison, even though I hate I comparing like guys, but only like because it. they play the same position, came out of Alabama, probably maybe the same sort of productive type of player. He might be Christian Barmore. So you had them taking, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one. Barmore coming back here with the 25th overall pick. Just kind of, you know, help their defense out a little bit. So explain the Barmore pick there, Tommy. I just think that's a that's one of their top needs on defense. Their defense is is pretty pretty good. It's I know everyone said how bad it was with all the people they lost, but the last few years they made they made some good moves on with draft picks with Josh Allen. I love we love that. You know, me and Rob love that pick. We wanted him instead of Daniel Jones. Yeah. But uh, but I, Barmore has I uh, I'm hearing a couple maturity concerns, but I mean these all these kids have maturity. They're 20 years old. You know what I mean? Um. He could get some sacks if you need him to, like Williams. So that would be a nice, you know, that's a nice little hole for the Jaguars right there at 25. Um, it's a quiet need for them, but I think he's the best available guy on the board right there at a position. He's the best player at that position, which is a horrible position for this draft. It's the weakest d- defensive tackle class there's been in a long time. So I think if he's staring at 25, they could grab this guy and not worry about it. And then they could address – they had a lot of picks in the first four, two uh, – three rounds. So they could do, they, they could do a lot of things. They could trade back or, or they could, the other picks they have in day two, they could make some, you know, if they want to get the tight end or another receiver or something, they could do that. But I think Barmore sitting there at 25, he's the, he's the only good defensive tackle there is in the first two days they should take him. And I'll tell you with that next pick, Dan, and with the Browns, I love this pick, Andrew, Jeremiah Wusu Karamo with a linebacker at an order game. I love this kid. He's I, really, I tell you, I really, really do. And I'm surprised you had him falling 
this far. But again, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, fitting things in for teams that you feel like. That's it. It's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. So my this board. is a, if this, if actually, this kid drops at this point, this is a, a dynamic pick it. for the Browns. I couldn't believe it. You know, you're doing this draft and you're not, you're not cognizant all the time of names like dropping off. And then you look up and you're like, Oh my God, Owusu Karamora is still there. Wow. It's still there. Right. And, but so that's the best player available. Definitely. This the is the way I felt last draft. year about Patrick Queen falling. Is that you get yeah. so deep in it? Right. Happens. All of a sudden, it you're happens. like, "Oh my God, this guy's still on." It the happens. Yeah. So, yeah. how many question. times you look at day two and you're like, "Holy cow!" But he's the—I think he's the best talent. He's so good he, on my big board. I got him in the top ten, I think. So, quick and, question, Tommy: When yeah, you seen yeah. when you seen that you had Karamoa still on the board at 26, did oh, you try and squeeze crazy. him in up a little bit higher and say, "All right, you know what? This nah, kid's too I, good to fall." Well, you say he's up, all right? Who might need this guy? Maybe somewhere, somewhere no, else. No, I, I did. I looked at it, but it's. You know what? Then I looked and I'm like, eh, I think he might drop because first of all, he's he's one of those Swiss Army knives. He, I, there's comparisons from anywhere from Darius Leonard to Jamal Adams to our guy Isaiah Simmons. How that's such a wide range of guys, which means he can play everywhere. Another guy that I would love if the Giants trade back, they get him. I would love it. It would be awesome. You know what yeah, I mean? And I tell you, this Browns team is loaded up. No, they're home. loaded. They have no they, weaknesses, so they could take him and get away with it. You know I, I mean? said between the, the Browns, the Bills, and the Chiefs, they have some of the most complete rosters. It's unreal. I, I, I mean, know, they crazy. really do on both sides of the ball. It's tremendous. It's scary. Tremendous. And if the Browns secure uh, Karamoa here, what that would yeah. be a tremendous uh, – because, you know, at that point, you're not drafting need. At that point, you are no. definitely drafting best available player. And at right. this point, in my opinion, he's the best available player on the board. Oh, yeah, big time. I so co- you got, totally now, agree with you. Now you got the Ravens taking Rashad Bateman. They can certainly use use a uh, a wide receiver with his sort of size to him, although he's been questioned with some inconsistencies. He's had some drops, things like that. It's probably a good pick for the Ravens. Unless, and, and I thought what you said was was actually on point. I think, it's, I think it makes a hell of a lot of sense, Tommy. I didn't even think about it, but the Ravens possibly moving up to that to, to the bad spot and well not moving up i'm sorry no. making that trade with the bears for Allen yeah. robinson would make a hell of a lot of sense because a what's the difference they're, they're not going anywhere with Allen robinson anyway the bears the ravens have a need for a wide receiver and the bears could probably use the extra first round pick for sure and solidify and, and, and get another uh, uh um you know fill another spot of weakness for them and they have a ton of them, but you have them taking Rashad Bateman here. It makes a hundred percent sense. They did sign Sammy Watkins, but who the hell knows with Sammy Watkins? If he's healthy, he could make some plays, but for the most part, he's never one. Healthy. One thing I'll say about Watkins, I'm you know I'm not a big fan of him. I I feel like he's underachieved, but his best years of his career were with Greg Roman's offense. Yeah, so he just got to stay big, healthy. That's, that's it. I'm a big, but I like Sammy Watkins. I'm a believer in that guy, but he can't stay healthy. If he could stay no. healthy. Yeah, maybe he could put up some numbers and right. he'd be another piece there for them because they really don't have wide receivers on that team. No, they're, they're, it's brutal. But, I mean, I know they run the ball a lot, but you got to throw the ball. Lamar Jackson could be a good quarterback if you let him loose. He doesn't have to run every time, but you got to get him some weapons. I mean, Bateman will be a good weapon. He's a big target. At first, I was thinking about Rondell Moore, but cause, just because they – the, too small. Too he's small too small, but the, Ra- yeah. the Ravens love running these jet sweeps and these reverses. Bateman's perfect for that, but they need a big target because they already got the small guy in Hollywood Brown. Watkins isn't huge at 6'1", you know, and the rest of the team, Duvernay, another guy they drafted is pretty small. Miles Boykin's big, but he's not, Boykin's not doing anything. They need a guy like Bateman who could make be a big play guy and he's big. He's, he's pretty big at 6'3", I think. 
Okay. All right. So that's so you do have you you mentioned Rondell Moore, who you have going to the Saints at 28. And Andrew, right. I mean, what what do you think Sean Payton does with Rondell Moore? He's gonna love him. Five seven, but like Tommy said, it plays a bit bigger. But man, his 40 time was 4.29. Unbelievable. Like ridiculous. Tommy says, it's insane. What do you think? Uh, what do you think he does with him here, Andrew? <laughs> uh, anything and everything. Yes. And at this at this point, he's gonna even he's gonna get more creative. Normally he because he Sean Payton, what he would do is you know, Drew Brees would throw the ball and then they needed a first down. They'd run some trickery. I mean, now without Drew Brees in the fold, I could see his creativity being at an all-time high and him just running wacky formations all game long. And if you're going to do that, I mean, taking a 5'7 speedster with a 4'240, that's the perfect guy to add into the equation. So, listen, watching the Saints is maddening at times because how many times you see third down, short yarded situation and Sean Payton just tries to outsmart you. You know, Sean Payton reminds me of... Um, of Joe Madden. He's a Joe Madden of football where Joe Madden. That's a, that's a good, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Joe Madden just likes to, he, he wants his team to win, but he wants his team to win by him putting his fingerprints all over right, the win. Right. And that's the same yeah. thing with Sean Payton. He can't just let the team go out there and win a game. He has to yeah. have his, his uh, brain involved in, in the thought process behind, you know, it's, it's maddening, but yeah, that's a picture. Perfect pick for them. It's right up his alley for sure. It is right up his alley. And then, you know, <laughs> It's so interesting that you have the Packers taking, uh, you know, an offensive guard slash offensive tackle out of Alabama, Alex Weather- uh, Leatherwood. And what we say, they haven't drafted a skilled player in 19 years, the Packers, in the first round, which is unreal. Running back, tight end, or wide receiver, not drafted in the crazy. first round. But listen, has it has it That's really crazy? Affected, has it hurt them, though? They, they're good. It has not good. You know, it hasn't. It, it Aaron really Rodgers is that good. He can make people, he can make stars that, not that he's made star, but look at Alan Lazard. Nobody knew about him really. I mean, I, I love the kid at Iowa State, but a lot of people didn't, he came out of nowhere and he's starting to emerge. That kid's good. And you, I've obviously got Adams. I don't think they need a wide receiver yet right here. They need alignment though, because Rodgers, you know, he's, he's getting, he's not getting any younger. And listen, he was really good at the Jeopardy hosting stuff. He He's definitely going to consider that if they, you know, if they want him to be the full-time so, host. So, you know what? Let, let me ask you the question. And, you know, we, we discussed this over the podcast. And I don't know if I got your opinion on, on this so much. But you heard the the uh, the debate me and Andrew had between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Where do you think the Packers go? As I had brought up to Andrew that, all right, right let's say the Packers go 12-4 and four again, 11-5, 13-3, whatever it may be. Knocked out right. in the playoffs. They don't advance to the Super Bowl. Now you have Jordan Love going into his third year. You haven't seen you haven't seen him. You haven't seen what he could do in the NFL yet. At some point, do you have to make this decision on Rodgers? And let's not forget, they were up against the salary cap this year, the Packers, and they never extended Rodgers' contract, which would have given them, given them some, some cap relief here. But they yeah. kind of just picked up his option in March, and that was it. So, do you? Where do you think the Packers are going? After I mean, this? listen, it's eerily similar to Aaron Rodgers when he was a rookie and Favre played. Yeah, know, was it three years? Three yeah, three years, years. Right? and this would be the same so, time frame. Yeah. So I, and you know what? And Love went right around where Rodgers went, pretty much, right? Didn't he? Rodgers went twenty-four. I forget where Love went. Love was the same thing, right? In the same around, right? Right, right there, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, right I think Love. I think Love was twenty-seven. Yeah. So, Andrew, so, do you think a guy like Kadarius Tony would make more sense to the Packers than any offensive lineman? Well, I was, I'm was. i glad you asked that because I was going to say, I know, Tommy, you said it hasn't hurt them. No, it hasn't hurt them. But wouldn't it make them a lot better? Uh, they score – how many points they score a game? They, they need to do other things. Defensively, They. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the – 
The pro- how I, many I, points? How many points do they score in games where Devontae Adams doesn't go for 13 catches and 170 yards? Yeah, listen, Devontae Adams is probably the top three receiver in the league, maybe top two, maybe the best. He's yeah. unbelievable when he's on the field. But I'm t- these other guys are starting to come along. Lazard was great till he got hurt last year, and then when he came back, he was solid. I love the running game with with Jones, and I love AJ Dillon. I Listen, told you, you my favorite you, you're in, good running. That's you're a in good love running with game. Alan Lazard. You're gonna die on that hill, aren't you? I love yeah, he's that gonna kid. die on a Lazard I hill. Love that kid. Oh my I god, love he the loves kid. I absolutely love him. But uh, the running game's good. They should be punishing teams in the fourth quarter. They should not be throwing the ball anymore. They're up. They're up by a touchdown or ten points in the fourth. Now you got Jones and Dylan to beat the shit out of you the rest of the game. That's what they should be doing. And guess what? Alex Leatherwood helps that because the guy can play inside and outside. I liked him better than Andrew Thomas last year when he was still on the team. I said the best line I was talking to my, I don't think I said it on the podcast, but talking, you know, I'm passing to my buddies during draft week. I said the best, the best lineman on that team is still going to be on that team next year. I like Leatherwood a lot. I think he helped. I, I, you know, I think I, I have them. I have the Packers. Early uh, uh, in the not early, but in the second round. Oh no, I don't. I don't. I actually don't. <laughs> I don't have him taking a wide receiver. So no, you got to take. Where, you got him taking a center, which makes sense which because they, they need, did lose they Corey. Yeah. they lost and Corey Lindsley, so it does it's make sense. That, and it's a guy that people think maybe in the first round he, he slips. There's such there's so much talent in this draft that guys are going to slip. You know what I mean? But eventually, the, the wide receiver is deep. They they'll get one. They'll get one. And Lazard's good enough. Valdez Scantling's good enough. Tanya Camel out of nowhere. He's great. Very good tight end. Well, they have the weapons. You brought up guys slipping. And yet again, a perfect segue into pick number 30. A guy who That's was in mock drafts. Ship. That's why you run the ship. Guy who was in mock drafts going in the top 10 about a month and a half ago. Yeah. And now his stock has just fallen dramatically. And that's Gregory Rousseau. And actually, this is probably a picture-perfect landing spot for him. It's a perfect marriage because Buffalo is one of those rosters. We talked about this last week, Rob, that there's like three or four teams in the NFL that just have complete rosters for top to bottom. And Buffalo is one of them. And you slot Rousseau in there as a pass rushing. And they can use use an edge rush like a lot of teams. They were middle of the road last yeah. year as far as sacks, you know, pass rushing goes. They could use a guy like this that if he if he plays up to his talent, which is early first round talent, he can be really scary. And this Bills team will be absolutely ferocious. You know what I mean? Uh, but he's a guy that is going to get hurt by this opting out because I think he didn't play enough games before that and opting out just like, you know, it didn't happen to Sue because I just think a tackle doesn't drop that much well this think, is this is when i i was thing, i was know? having this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day tommy and mm-hmm. this is what i said sewell you can make the case before the opt-out was the best right. tackle in college football michael right, parsons right. before he opted out you can make a case was yeah. the best linebacker in college football you can't right. say those things about gregory rousseau he was an intriguing prospect and then he opted yeah. out so people forgot about him and now there's just not and, enough tape on this guy to digest. He, and his counterpart, Jalen Phillips, made a lot of people forget about him because he was right. great. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> so this is, I tell you, the rich get richer at the end of the draft. Sometimes you, you sit here at the end of drafts. I remember last year, Patrick Queen to the Ravens, uh, Kenneth Murray to the Saints. Like, I thought that those were yeah. – Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to the Chiefs. I thought that was those Crazy. Were three of the best moves in the first Crazy. round last year. And now you have the Rousseau going to the Bills, which would be a huge move. You have the Ravens making an interesting choice here at number 31, uh, and that's Trayvon Morig, the safety from TCU. 
Now they all already have two starters, Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark. But like you, and I think they did sign Bill not... Nueva, Tommy. You have that in your no, 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 not yet. Did they they didn't sign him yet. They, they didn't sign official? him yet. And, and that's yet. what Tommy points out here. He says this this pick here kind of hinges on whether or not they get the deal done with Villanueva. And I'm assuming that means if they don't get the deal done, you think they might look to address the offensive line in this spot. Yes, absolutely. If if uh, if they're hell bent on taking uh, signing Villanueva, then they're going to go probably. They could use a little depth on, on at safety. They have two good ones, but after that, they have nothing. So they need a kid, a young kid that could learn from the two good players in Clark. And uh, you know, so if if it's you know if they're not going to sign the villain away with, then you're going to have to look at some some of the offensive tackles. There's a few of them early day two that they could take, but. I think the pick is is uh, Mehring here. I think they would pronounce it Mehring instead of Mooring, which is surprising. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, look, <clears throat> I, you know, at that point when you're picking 31, and I thought that, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, Kansas City doesn't have a pick here in the first round. But we need to talk about what they did real fast. I mean, they jettisoned oh, Schwartz and, and Fisher amazing. out. They signed Joe Thune, who's the, probably the, the best guard in the Un- league. And then they make the trade for Orlando Brown. They give up their first-round pick, which is basically, listen, you're getting a lot of value from Orlando Brown. You wouldn't find a guy like him picking where no, they were going to be at 31. Still a and they rebuilt their talent. offensive line. They rebuilt their offensive line like that, like nothing. They had to. I mean, Mahomes was – I mean, listen, and I've said it – I think I said it when we were talking on show 50. I came out of that Super Bowl with more respect for Mahomes than I already had, and you know how much I love him. The, the plays he was trying to make on the run, just unbelievable. Throwing in the air, vertical. And he got he just got the hell kicked out of him because, as we know, Rob, Mike Remmers should not be a left tackle in any game, oh, especially, no, no, no. especially the Super Bowl. No, now no. the line is the line is back to, to, to being absolutely dynamic. Yeah. Brown, Thune, uh, Blythe at center, DuVernay yeah. Tardif coming back. Uh, from well, right, Tardiff is coming back too. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Kyle Long. Yeah. And then you got you still got guys. Remmers could be a good backup. You know, that's what he should be. Wiley's a good backup. That team, now the line is so deep again. Oh, my God. That team's going to be right back in the hunt for the Super Bowl. No doubt. All right, and you got the Buccaneers with the last pick, obviously. They're the world champs. Yep. So, Buccaneers taking Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida, as you have it. The rich get richer. I mean, what you know, they they like we mentioned last week, Tommy, they're the only team since the salary cap yeah. era began in '94 to have all 22 starters come back for them. I oh, said it, baby. Winning team. I said it. Brady's doing a bunch of firsts for this team, though. They all come back from the they're the first team to win in their own home stadium. I mean, it's just crazy what Brady's done. It's unreal. That's why I'm wearing the TB12 shirt tonight. In honor of that guy, because you, you just gotta appreciate the guy. He's oh so yeah, good. I mean it's it's amazing. You know? So that that you know, and, you think they'll sign Antonio Brown too? Or no? They might, right? I, they they might they might, but if they don't, this pick is the perfect pick for them. Kadarius Tony's the best slot receiver in the draft. As far as I, I wouldn't say, I said besides the top three that are gonna go, of the guys left, he's the best slot receiver, which they need. You know, you got Evans on the outside, you got. Godwin and then Tony is a, I mean Scotty Miller he, he should be a home run threat once in a while fifth receiver if Brown does even if Brown does come back but if he doesn't especially Kadarius Tony's a really good slot receiver and he and they need they owe Brady they got to give him some toys here because I, I heard people talking about like and I saw Chris Sims has fields at 32 if that happens and fields is sitting there you might have to think about it but they owe Brady he's going to play another two years at least you could think about quarterback 
Or I'm not, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. They owe him. This team's ready to win another Super Bowl. Tony helps them right away. And it, look, and I think you bring up a good point in your analysis as well. You wouldn't be surprised to see a team because the Buccaneers really have no weaknesses on other on either side of the ball. None. It's, it's None. possible that some team does does yeah, look it straight all, up you, into that. How many that times slot. have you seen it? Always happens right yeah. at the end of the draft. Well, the Giants did it with DeAndre Baker, but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't do. work out. <laughs> <laughs> we love we loved it at that time. Yeah. It yeah. happens all the time. These teams trade out. They don't need you know. They get a couple some more draft capital, and then you'll see them on day two. Could happen. Let me have a Davis Mills. Might even happen for Davis Mills right at the end of that first round. I think we have a couple more questions on the email if you want to read them. Yeah, we have a couple of fan questions that didn't have to do with specific teams that I figured we would keep until the end. This one comes from Michael Mana. He says, T-Lock, this defensive tackle class is on the weaker side with Christian Barmore being considered by many the best of a weak class. Do you think any way Milton Milton Williams from Louisiana Tech can sneak into round one? I've seen some good tape on him and feel people are sleeping on him a bit. I wouldn't say round one, but I, but uh, kids a good talent. Probably going to be a day two guy. I just think I, I, I don't, I don't agree that it's a good defensive line class. I think it's very weak. That's what he I said. He said Barmore being considered the best of a very weak class. Oh yeah, no, Barmore. No, he's wondering far. with how with how weak the class is if a guy like Williams, who would probably be a day three a day two or three pick under normal circumstances if maybe he slides up because the defensive tackle class is so weak this year. Listen, if there's a team that needs a defensive lineman, they might, they might, you know, it's, it all depends where these guys are on the big board. You know what I mean? Uh, he's, he's the kids anywhere from four to seven on, on a lot of people's boards. As far as tackles, there's a kid, the kid from Washington who's Rob would have a big time trouble, uh, pronouncing his name because I can't even, <laughs> you know, Levi Onuzawerki from Washington's really good. But William's probably the, probably the, uh, he's probably the third best tackle. He's a big kid, 6'3". Actually, he's not too big. For a tackle, he's a little on the size of 284. He's tall. But, I mean, I would say third round. I would go third round. That's what struck but, me, 283 just, for a defensive tackle. Yeah, a little. He's tall, but he's small. You might he's he might be, have to move. You know, they might move him around on the edge. Possibly, he's going to be one of those guys that will play different positions. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to be by any means a nose tackle. But well, let me just know. shout. Out, let me just shout out my little Mikey because it's I definitely my buddy Mike Lamana, little Mikey. I think was the one who made the question. Kid is 13 years old. He's actually going to Don Bosco Prep uh, next year. As a oh, freshman wow. to play to play football and rest, and he's a great wrestler. When 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 you're at a, a tournament in Jersey Shore, and Frankie Edgar comes up to your father and says your kid is really good, that kid's special because Frankie Edgar's a Hall of Fame right, so uh, UFC fighter. I mean, but Mikey, 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 football, good luck. Next time I see, you, I'll kick your ass like I always do. But <laughs> good, well, good question and congrats, buddy. We we got another question from Matthew Monica, uh, uh, Tommy, and okay. it says hi go hi guys, great show. Says he's learning a lot. He's got to be honest that he hasn't done his football homework this year, but he works with two guys who know the sport inside and out, and he wants to impress them. He <laughs> wants to know, he wants to know which player's name will they be most shocked to hear called Thursday night, and which player's name will they be most shocked not to hear called when round one ends Thursday night. So basically, a guy that's going to shock everybody that's going to make it to the first round, and a guy that's going to not make it into the first round. 
And this was a repeat say, too. This was a this was a third part of the question that Richard Murphy submitted. So we we oh, saved really? both for the end. Yep. So we right, kind of so got a double uh, a double one. Richard Murphy's question was, "What would be the biggest shocker of the evening?" Which I think goes hand in hand with goes all hand in hand, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. All right. So Maddie, Maddie, and Rich, two guys I love. The good guys. Um, I would say the shocking that didn't that doesn't go in the first round could be Zaven Collins from Tulsa. A lot of guys love this guy. I just think I just think it just the the board falls that way where he, you know, he just ends up being in the second round. As far as the first, shocking one, I mean, God, if, if Lance gets taken by the Eagles, that, but I don't know. I really don't think that's going to happen. The pick by the Titans with Eichenberg could be a, something that a lot of people aren't expecting. I don't know. What do you got? You guys. How about, how about two? What how do you about, guys think? How about Travis Etienne not making it in the first round? Only because eh, it doesn't really surprise I, well, me. I, well, I look at teams like the Bills that could probably need a running back. I know they got yeah. Zach Moss, but you know, Devin Singletary doesn't impress me. Obviously, the Jets and the Dolphins both need running backs. Uh, the Dolphins, I don't think they do. I think they got, I mean, they signed uh Brown, Malcolm Brown, who's yeah, I'm not, not impressed that he's with not, Malcolm Brown. Not a yeah, stud, yeah. But, they got, listen, Ahmed was pretty good, you know, when he came in for the injury guys. They like Lynn Bowden. And then you got Gaskin, who was good before he got hurt. I just think they got a lot of depth. And even Patrick Laird as a fifth running back, they got a, it's a crowded room. I don't think they really need to take an early pick on him. I know the sexy pick would be Etienne or, or Harris for them. I, I, I just don't know. And the Bills, you know, if Gregory Rousseau sitting there, what do you do? They took Breida, who you, I know you're not a big fan of. He, it's another another team with just – they never run the ball. Allen runs the ball most of the game. You look at the – Zach Moss had like eight carries a game, which was crazy. The guy – you know, I thought it would be better than that. But that offense doesn't really rely on running backs too much. So I don't think – I really don't think they'll address it early like that, you know? Okay. I got a, I got a name that's going to shock you on night one. What do you got? Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. If you haven't watched tape on him, take a look. Because there you go. He's going to wow you. He's unreal. No, I got to <laughs> tell you. Shocking there, there, There's two guys. Not that I was necessarily surprised, but uh, one guy who's another one whose stock has fallen that I really like too because, as I told you, I went down the rabbit hole of looking at tape from all these defensive backs. I really like Asante Samuel Jr. I really do. So Yeah, another I, guy I listen. I wouldn't be surprised if he went in round one. I think at this point, people would probably be shocked because his stock has fallen so much. You see rapid declines from some of these guys. You know, the first mock draft comes out of the year and they have him at pick 15. And then all of a sudden, by the time draft night comes, they're a mid to late second round pick. But I really I really like him. A guy in the first round that, that you might be shocked that he isn't picked. See, that's a little bit of a tougher one because I – I don't think any of these guys that are that are going to be picked in the top 15, top 20, like I think those are no-brainers. I don't think any of them fall. And I think everyone after that, I don't think you'd be surprised either way if they go in the first or the second round. Yeah. And, I'm and say, mock right now to get a to, to get a glimpse of anybody that I think might slip, and I'm, I'm not really seeing any. I, I, I don't – I mean, look, anything could happen at the back end of the draft. Anybody could – start falling to the early part of the second uh, listen, round. Maybe, maybe Phillips, whether it be one of these wide receivers. Maybe it's Jalen you know, Phillips because of all the all the concussion and injury problems. Look, I mean, he's a that, kid with a world of talent, but maybe no he, doubt. there's some I, off that he falls to I, round two. I kind of think people are expecting him to fall. Not not Maybe not out of the first, which that it could be a little bit of a surprise, but he's going to – I'm pretty sure he's going to fall. I'd be more surprised. It would be more shocking if he goes in the top 15, I would say. You know what I mean? And as far as Samuel goes, like you were talking about, 
is another guy that when I'm doing the mock and I'm like, oh man, he's still there. But I found a good fit for him with Dallas in the second round. Dallas would love it if he falls to them. You know, they, we're talking about how much they need corner. They would love that. And it could happen. Yeah. To come away you know with Michael Parsons and Asante I, I, Samuel Jr., it's not a it's not a bad draft so far. To start, going in that's a, for sure. a guy that might go first round that'll shock a lot of people. I think would be the tackle Eichenberg because I was shocked to see. Yeah, that's my Mike draft. That's what I said. That's very. It would be very surprising, but it wouldn't at the same time it wouldn't because he's clean and he's one of those guys that you you every draft there's always that one guy at right around like eleven o'clock at night and you're like who. You're like, why? And then, but it's somebody's top guy on their board and they took him. That's what, you know, it has nothing to do with mock drafts anymore. So do you anticipate making any changes to this before the draft starts? Uh, well, I'm going to get information that you can't foresee. Do you anticipate getting any, uh, I, any? I don't, I don't, I hate, I really don't like my, from, from eight to 12. I don't like, it. I don't like what I did. I just, I don't, I think I'm going to be wrong on those, but I don't know if I'm going to change it. I like how I, in, I, I, I like how I put there might be a trade that I, when I think I'm going to be wrong, I try to cover myself a little by in the description saying what could happen. So don't give helps. away, don't give away your secrets. Now. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give the secrets away. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably, I'll, I'll def, I'm going to, I'm going to try to add a third round tonight. It's pretty easy when you're doing just names. Then I'll do a sleeper thing for that for everybody. I might even do a prop section because there's so many prop bets you could do. Because I'm sure we have a lot of gamblers in the, in the audience. They'll love that. And then I might do – I was thinking about doing the trade section where I try to predict like five trades. But I don't really think I need that with the red ink and stuff. So we'll see. But I, I don't – the only – I'm thinking about trading, trying to tr change the Lance thing. But I can't find anywhere else – I think that's a good spot where he's going to get taken, not by the Eagles, but in that spot, which, you know, I want to, you know, it just doesn't, you don't have to just get the team right. Sometimes getting the spot right or the position right, it's just as valuable. But, but you know, as far as credibility it, goes, it, it's not, it's not so out of the realm of possibility that they do take Trey Lance and Hey, listen, I want to keep it in just because nobody has said that. Yet. Well, that's not only I that, like but it. listen, we don't know what we have in Jalen hurts here. And right. listen, we, we'll get a year to evaluate Hertz. If he's not our guy, we got we got Trey Lance behind yeah. him, and we can it look at now sense. again. You're, you're playing kind of a you know a game of horseshoes here because <laughs> now all of a sudden you know you 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 you, you turn the clock off on Jalen Hurts, and maybe worse comes to worse, you keep him on the roster, and he's a gadget guy, and then you yeah. see what Trey Lance is if he's your quarterback. Here's a hypothetical yeah, you know, though: so, if Trey, if Trey Lance is on your roster, as we said, he's not ready to play. He's probably going to be sitting for a year or two. Yeah. at least a year. What happens if he's sitting on your bench this year and Jalen Hurts goes out there and lights the world on fire? And so trade, you could trade. You trade, trade. It's a best, trade that's the best case scenario. For that's the team. worst case scenario. You just wasted the number no. 12 pick. You're going to get a well, third look, round you, back. No, you didn't. You'll, you'll still get value loaded. back to him. You'll you'll get value. I'd be surprised Listen. if they got a third rounder tops. For who? For Lance? For Lance. I don't, if they traded him. I don't think so. They would have they no would leverage. Hurts is their quarterback. Lance is stuck on their bench. They get a, they get a fourth rounder. I don't I think don't, so. I don't know. Look what, look what Sam Donald just went for. Trey Lance is I don't know way higher regarded than, than Sam Donald right now. You way know? like because you don't know you don't know what you got yet. 
there's teams that are intrigued. But as Rob I, said last week on the podcast, there's always teams that are looking to fix other people's problems. And that's, no I doubt. think, why people yeah, jump that's what the, the Panthers are trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a great scenario if Hurts becomes really good and Lance, I, I'm telling you, that there's teams that think he's unbelievable and are going to trade up for him. Would, would trade the, what is the, what is the max you see them getting back in a Trey Lance trade if that were to happen? I think they get a first round pick next year. Oh, that's good. That's good to see. No, it isn't. I don't think so. No chance. What what if it's what if you? There's teams willing to trade two or three first round picks this year for the kid. That you don't think next year there's a team that didn't get it, but he's available now. Let's do it. It's going to have quarterback is the most volatile position. There's only 10 great quarterbacks, maybe 10, maybe only five. There's probably another 10 very good, and then there's 15 not good. Every team is trying to improve that position from the back end, 15 to 32. And not so only that, some team, some team that's going to be traded for Trey Lance is going to have another team that helped develop him for a year just to learn the speed of the game, the nuances of the NFL, playing the quarterback position. He'll, he'll gain that one year of experience. So but that I don't help think, I don't think a whole lot would be going into developing – Trey Lance at all in Philadelphia, to be honest with you, because they're trying to develop Jalen Hurts. That's their main concern. No, no I understand. No, still, I don't. I, still I, learning, I honestly, still I learning honestly, behind the scenes. He's still in the I quarterback honestly, room. And I honestly think they saw what they they saw Jalen Hurts, and they they're worried. They they're worried about it. You know what I mean? I don't think they think they have their guy. Yeah, I agree. I I, I mean, listen, we all seen it. I mean, you know, yeah, he's he's just not. And it could. Yeah, no, I, no, I totally agree with that. And I and I'm with you, Tommy, especially. I think Hurts gained a lot of fans after the way he composed himself after getting benched after in the middle of that. Oh, it, it was amazing. What it was amazing. I mean, that was classy. As, as classy as it got. So he gained a lot of fans. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there rooting for him. I'm sure the city of Philadelphia, as much as they hated the pick and thought it was a reach, they're probably rooting for him too because he's an easy kid to root for. But I agree with well, you. I don't know about that. that Eagles, fa- Eagles fans boo Santa Claus, so they don't like him. <laughs> miserable. Well. They're absolutely miserable. Well, I mean, if 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 my buddy Frank's email was any indication of how Philadelphia feels, then I guess <laughs> yeah, I guess they're all miserable. All right, so we don't want to give too much more away because we want everybody to, you know, to read this draft guide and not know everything that we said already by listening to the show. So you know, let's let's cut it off at this point because I tell you, we covered a hell of a lot, a we hell did. of a lot. So so it was great. It was, a, it was a great job, and again, you know, anybody listening to this podcast tomorrow. Um, please just email us at fourscorethepodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to send you a copy of Tommy's guide here. I'll tell you right now, I've, I've gone through it and he's still not even a hundred percent finished with it yet, but it's chock full of information for you to have, you know, for the first couple of days at the NFL draft, I'm telling you, it's, it's very detailed and very involved. I guarantee you're going to love it. Put it this way for what he puts out there for free you would have to pay on other sites in other places to get this sort of information. So, oh, yeah. so, Definitely. so trust me, trust me when I tell you that, and it's an enjoyable read. I That's appreciate it, it Rob. So, That's I love right, it. Guys. Listen, I, I love coming on with you guys. It's so much fun. It, it was, you know, we get a great it, we raise our voices, but we, that's because I had a love. Well, we, that's, we, yeah, this, but that's, 
That's, that's fun. The, the, I love you it. Have to, you have to have that when you're talking oh, about listen. something something like, like the NFL draft. Not everybody can yes. be vanilla and agree with each Absolutely other. Absolutely not. You've got to have these sort of – they have them on, on, the, on the NFL draft shows. These if, guys debate each other. They're yelling at if each this other. Was, listen, if this was on TV, you'd see the smile on my face because I was ear to ear yeah. in, in, those, right. in those debates. I love it. It's so much fun. Right. But you guys, this is such a good show. I really hope a lot of people start listening. You know, you guys, are, your listeners are rising, rising. I hope it keeps going. And I, I would love to be, I'm, I'm happy to be a small part of it. And I appreciate you guys having oh, me listen, on. I you're, you're, doing a, it. you're a big part of it. You're not you're a small huge, part. Huge you're a big part. part. 100%. Thank you, guys. I, love it. It. I mean, listen, look, we got the most fan questions we've ever gotten. People are begging for the mock. There's <laughs> people coming out of the woodworks because you were on. I mean, hell, we, we got a couple of we got a yes, did we, we did it. We got a couple of emails. Right. They didn't say anything about Andrew and Rob. They said, "Hey, T Lock, question. Yeah. Woo. What happened to us? I thought this was our show." <laughs> guys, listen, those are my guys. I got oh, my listen. guys all over. Yeah, yeah. All right, beautiful. So, <laughs> all right. So, listen, Andrew, take us away. Wrap it up. Episode fifty-seven's in the books. In the books, so we'll be back for. 58 I hope everybody week. that's listening Break tomorrow enjoys this show. I I know I'd love. Doing Am I jumping it. on with you guys again next week for the recap or no? Yeah, well, we I, mean, I want to have. I want. I, have I wasn't on. sure. <laughs> I don't know. God, no, I want. I wanted. On. I wanted Bruce to jump that, on it because I want to get his opinion, especially on the Giants. That so, dead silence was was kind of embarrassing. So, well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's part of the entry. You know, trying to trying to entertain right, yeah, everybody we, here. Know, but no, we're doing the same thing we did last year. We had you on the the, week, the weekend. All right, cool. To recap everything, yeah. so we'll do that on episode fifty-eight. Thanks everybody for tuning in to fifty-seven. We kept teasing this episode. We knew it was going to be a big one, and. Part of the reason why we were teasing it, as Rob just said, is because we have what Tommy puts together here in his mock draft, and it's a lot of stuff to discuss. Discuss a lot, a lot of knowledge, a lot of research goes into it. He spends a ton of time. I mean, hell, we wanted to start recording earlier, and Tommy literally blew us off for a little bit because he had to eat because he said he went. He didn't eat. I didn't all move because he was in the draft I, cave all day. So I was. I didn't move. It was this crazy. is how much work he puts into it. So we hope everyone enjoyed the episode. We'll send everyone who submitted fan questions. We'll send them the mock. Anyone else who wants to mock, send me or Rob your email address and we'll get it to you. And uh, keep it by your side on draft night because it's a good resource for sure. And listen, I just going to say to Frank Calabro, if you decide you want to write another thesis, just put it in our email. We'll be happy to answer it, buddy. 100%. 100%. If you need a shoulder to cry on, I'm here, Frank. Don't you worry yeah, about and it. Stop, and stop crying about Eagles, Frank. All right? There were worse. There were a lot more worse teams you could root for than the Eagles. Yeah, like oh, the Phillies, geez. which he also roots for. <laughs> oh, wow. Flyer fan too? Big flyer fan. Yep. Oh, all right. Yep. Philly born and raised. Hate oh, listen, people, you know you? what? I, I think I think because we read his question and we gave him some shout outs, we put his name out there. I think what Frank should do is he should send us some some Philly cheesesteaks and yeah. the roast the roast pork and broccoli rob sandwich that I get when I go to Philadelphia. I think Frank oh, should baby. I think Frank should send us that. Absolutely. Let's make it That's happen. Just, that's just my opinion. We'll send only, him a mock. He sends us a couple. Only of good thing Philly's known for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that and Frank Calabro. Come on. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend in his own. Frank Calabro is a legend right now. I like him a lot. <laughs> we're, getting, we're giving him, giving him some airtime, too. His cloud is going through the roof right now. He's a paisan. I got to give him something. That's it. All right, so um, you can follow us on social media. As I said last week, we, we now have a Twitter account for the show, so you can follow us there at 4scorethepod. Uh, four is typed out F O U R four score the pod. That's our Twitter handle. You can follow Rob's handle Rob O G six with two B's R O B B O G six. Uh, you can follow me on my personal Twitter account, Andrew may underscore 21. Tommy, are you on Twitter? I am, but I don't use it too much. You know what I mean? I, I, 
I probably start using it now. I was not using it because MLB, they, they, some, you know, if you say they something just, about baseball, they, they discourage. Get, yeah, they, they discourage. don't like it. Now I don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably be. We'll see. It's at t t l o u g h twenty one. I actually got a friend. You guys, I don't know why. I haven't so well, me and Andrew are friends on everything else. And Rob, Rob doesn't have any other one. But I'll, I finally I'll listen. I finally got him on Twitter. Baby steps. It took like thirty yeah, yeah, episodes to get him on Twitter, and now he's more active on Twitter than I am. Twitter just gets too ugly for me. These too many Twitter tough guys, you know, especially if I get one wrong in this mock, they'll start calling me a scumbag. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what Twitter is. Yeah. You I'd, can't rather, listen, you gotta, I'd rather, I'd rather I don't be a get scumbag. involved with negativity on that. I just bypass it. I'd rather me be a too. scumbag than a disgruntled yeah. scumbag. Just bypass it. You know, <laughs> that's it's it. silly. It's silliness. Exactly. So, all right, guys. All right. So uh, that'll, that'll do it for episode 57 draft on Thursday night. Absolutely can't wait for it. And we'll be back next week to discuss everything. We'll try to get Bruce. I'm sure he'll come on. Tommy, you know, oh, yeah, he'll be on. don't get your panties in a bunch. <laughs> You're more than welcome to hop on with us next week, too. Don't you worry about it. Uh, so we'll have Tommy on next week. We'll recap the whole thing. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for the continued support. Thank you, everyone, for submitting questions. It made for a really good discussion for a Keep bunch of coming. different Keep them coming. Keep them coming. We're happy. We're happy to give you shout outs. We're happy to read your questions on the air. We're happy to answer them. Just keep them coming. Keep them as coming. long as you guys keep sending them in, we're going to answer them. Simple as that. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. shy away from interacting with people. That's for sure. So keep no. sending them in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Oh, well, wait a minute. Didn't Joe P have a question? What about Joe Porciello? Didn't he have a question? Didn't you say Joe P? Yeah, that, that was the last one. Oh, the, the, oh, he, oh yeah. Was, oh, he was. Oh, okay. Oh, he was the was one about of... the name that you're going to be most shocked to hear and most shocked not to hear in round one. That was Joe P. Oh, that was Joe yeah. P. All right. Yeah, we read. Right. Yeah, we read them all. Yeah. Yeah, we that one, everybody. it came from Matthew Moniker, but the signature but, at the end said Joe P. Massapequa. Joe P. Massapequa. They're throwing his curveballs, making sure we were on top of our game, but I'm yeah. always sharp. So they Let weren't get, getting anything past so, me. Good question, Porce. Go back to yes. watching your horse racing. Now. That was a phenomenal question. I'm not going to lie. That was a good one. No, very good. He's a, Porce is a sharp guy. I, I thought they, they were all good questions. Yeah, I, I really think they were all good questions. No, listen, no. all those guys, really, they truly, really do listen to your show, and they like it, and they're all huge sports fans, and they're legit, like, big, like, every, like, Gary is a legit Cowboy fan. He's always been a Cowboy not a front runner. Ned has always been a Niner fan. Chris is the Dolphin fan. He's a, you know, a long-suffering Dolphin fan. Uh, Mikey, both Mikey and his son are both big Jeff fans. These guys are, they're, you know, they're the, they're the fan base that you want to have listening because they're the true diehards. They love even, even the guy that didn't even have the decency to call me and Rob by name, even he listens to the show? Or did he Which, just one, was that? What, which one was it? Which one was I got, it? I got to look. Hold on. Well, I'm putting you on the spot, whoever it was. Oh, it was, Matt, uh, Matt, it was, it was Mike Lamana. T-Lock. Oh, big Mike. Oh, well, he, listen, give the T-Lock. kid a break. He's 13. He's only 13, Mike. Have, listen, so I'm we looking got, at all these now. Oh, and kids. Richard Murphy, too. He said We got to teach him early. We got to teach these kids early. By the way, Mikey benches over 275 pounds. Little Mikey. Kids all are right, so freaking I, beasts. All right, so I, I take back the bad things I said about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all right. Gonna, I'm going to make a campaign that we got to call. Let's stop calling Nunzio Ned. It just doesn't equate. That was his choice. It wasn't our choice. We call him uh, Nuns. I'm making another choice. <laughs> if I ever read his emails, I'm not reading Ned. I'm reading Nunzio. Well, well I said Nunzio, and then I said Nick Nunzio Ned. Gambino is a great name. Come on. It is. Yeah, I for used you. It, I told you. you I, used it on my, I used it as my fake ID for years. We got Calabros. We got Nunzios. We got the whole nine on this one. You're going to yeah. have a severed, severed horse head in your freaking bed soon. Keep talking about you. Keep bad mouthing those two guys. I wasn't bad mouthing anybody. 
He just refuses to call him Ned. Listen, let's not forget. I am Vito Corleone here. So you are. You're the Don. All right. I'm the Don. Yeah, don't you find this strange? You got the Irishman here, Lochran and May, and we got Nunzios, we got Calabros, Rob's got Lamanas, a Vito. You got a Lamar. Yeah, listen, me, Andrew, well, yeah, you, you better have watched this movie, but we're like Ray Leo, we're like Henry Hill and Jimmy Conway. Andrew. Hey, come on, did you actually think I've never seen the movie? You I mean, better have, trust <laughs> me. Come on. Listen, come I don't on. know. You think I'm too lowly sure. of me. You didn't even know who Pedro Martinez was. <laughs> I love how we twisted words. It went from I only got to see him when he was on the Mets to now I didn't even know who he was. Now you know how I feel when you guys recap my picks. And like, oh, Tommy got this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play my part to try to reel Rob back in when he goes on a bash Tommy Lochran tangent. I'm gonna try to I reel know. him back Listen, in next I, time. I know you I know were disappointed in me for not reeling him back in last time. I know it's out of love. That's all. I know that. That's well, it. I had to do that. Brian Del, Del, Del Priori told me to do this to you. Oh, so. I know. Well, he even busted my chops before the show started already today. Well, I'll go back to got something my, that I... Got my I'll, blood pressure up right before. That's why I was all fired up. I'll go back to something I said once before. Tommy is on the list of top two guests, Woo! and he's not number two. And so, like when we think so highly of you, you open yourself up for criticism. We're going to be I know. Listen, I know how it works. But the, the best possible... I know how it works. When your name's on the top of the marquee, you got to deliver. You got to, when you're in the main event. <laughs> That's it. When you're the main That's car, it. you got to come through. All right. So that'll, uh, that'll do it for 57. Stay tuned next week for 58. Thanks for the listens. Thanks for the support. Thanks for all the questions. Um, and uh, follow us on social media. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So for Tommy Lochran, I'm Rob Trefray. I'm Andrew May. Take it easy, guys.